Welcome to a special episode of Axe of the Blood God, an independent RPG podcast. I'm your host, Kat Bailey. Joining me, as always, my lovely co-host, Nadia Oxford. Hello, Kat. We have a very special guest today. Yes, we do. And it's Eric Van Allen. No, just kidding. Hi, Eric. <laughs> He's always Oh, special. God. Do I have to get rehired? Is that how this works? <laughs> yes, we are bringing on Tim Rogers, who you may know from Action Button over on YouTube. He recently just started season two of his reviews, including uh, there are many reviews. He did Cyberpunk, he did Final Fantasy VII Remake, and he just recently did Boku no Natsu Yasumi. A lot of RPGs and RPG adjacent games for enthusiasts out there. If you are an RPG fan, I definitely encourage you to check out this because you may learn, for example, that um, the day-to-day structure of an art, of a game definitely did not start with Persona. No, it started much sooner than that. Um, but uh, they're also six hours long, so I would recommend that you watch them in chunks. But we talk uh, we, we talk to Tim about a lot of things. We talk at some length about Dragon Quest, right, Nadia? <laughs> we sure do. Like uh, it turns out, both of us could probably talk about Dragon Quest for probably till the heat death of the universe. So. Uh, we did a bit of that this time, just like on our way to the heat death, but not the heat death today. Yes, we talk about Japan. We talk about Yuji Horii. We talk about Final Fantasy VII Remake. And I do not go crazy. No, very uh, good. During that segment. I was very controlled. I was contained. very well behaved. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, we already recorded the segment, as you can already tell. Um, yeah, lots to cover. And, you know, the first 45 minutes or so are basically an extended uh, nostalgia pit. So you can enjoy that <laughs> yeah. as well. That was an accident, but it happened nonetheless. Uh, rats and Taco Tico and everything. Taco, you will hear the words Taco Tico 50 times, dear listener. <laughs> and by God, you will probably not get sick of it. Subliminal messaging. That's how we announce our new ad partners. We're, we're happy to confirm Taco Tico. Taco official Tico. official God sponsor. <laughs> official sponsor of Axe of the Official taco of the Axe of the Blood God. <laughs> Uh, before we get to that, if you enjoy the show, of course, go leave us a review. You can find me on Twitter at the underscore Catbot. Nadia's at Nadia Oxford. And Eric is at Sumosi, S-E-A-M-O-O-S-I. This episode will be available exclusively to our patrons for the first week. And then after that, we're going to release it wide uh, to everybody else. Patreon.com slash Pod for all of our exclusive content, including the Pantheon of the Blagod and the specials. and everything else it's a lot of fun but great conversation uh we'll see you on the other side i'm currently here with tim rogers and also nadia and eric and tim i invited you on because you recently put up put up your video for uh boku no natsu yasumi which is yeah which is your uh, the first review of season two of Action Button. Season two, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who knows how long the season will last? Uh, the first season was around about two years or so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's like the guessing a, element makes it fun. I wish there was <laughs> another surprise. another word other than season, uh, that, like I, that I could have used. Arc, arc, yeah, story yeah, arc. Yeah, it's yeah, manga arc. arc too. Yeah, arc would be good. Era. Era oh, okay. Era. era too. I'm in my Boku no Nazi Yasumi era now. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it is like an emotional. Period. It is an arc, isn't it? Like I, I do feel like season one kind of told its its whole story that kind of wrapped up 
in cyberpunk and actually i watched the cyberpunk review first and then i went back and watched all of the other ones first oh yeah after that and i was like oh i should have watched all these first because this this review the cyberpunk review felt like a kind of a culmination i i have a i try to set them up so that you can you can start watching them from like any chapter of any one of the videos can be the first chapter you watch and then you can decide how uh decide what level of engagement you would you would like to continue to have with the series after that i think a lot of people uh enter watching like one part of one video and then just go back and start them all so it uh or they watch one chapter of one video and then close <laughs> close the tab and, and never <laughs> come back. that's enough internet for today uh, but i i do think that does contribute to my ad revenue uh, either way so mm-hmm. the- i'm assuming you mean it's, it's great and sparkling and very high <laughs> it's uh um, I'm gonna admit the ad revenues. Wait, am I am I supposed to be like not allowed to talk about my ad revenue on YouTube? Is that like part of the oh YouTube? Oh my god! I think it's part of the YouTube partner agreement that I'm not allowed to. How are they gonna do? Send their mother over to spank you? Yeah, like I don't, I don't know. Of course, what, you can talk about I, it. I think I'm not supposed to reveal anything specific, so I'll just say it's it's higher than I thought it would be. However, it's not nearly enough to uh, fund my videos. Mm-hmm. And uh, pay my, my, uh, my, my collaborators or any of that. So it, it's not enough to make. It is not enough to make one video. Uh, so what I've made from from the beginning until now is enough to make about a video and a half, I think. So there's not enough to make what I make off YouTube ad revenue alone. So no, you kind of go everywhere. Your 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 videos are like. Uh, I have to admit, the first one I clicked, I saw it was six hours. I'm like, Jesus Christ! Like that's a that's a production. That's a it's a that's lot. like a uh tit- not I was gonna say Titanic, but I'm thinking of like you know back in the old days when we used to buy videos and like VHS collections. Like that's a collection of like I don't know anime or like something like that. Like you go you put a lot of work. It's a into season. It. It's like a, it's, it's a, a season. season. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So that's Thank why you. the word season is so is so troubling for me because it's like <laughs> each one of these is uh. I mean, I like to just call them reviews because I like when there's comments that are like, why do you call this a review? You should call it something else. I really like that. I really like that there are people still arguing about like, what is a review? Is this more than a review? I just like using oh, the yeah. word review. It's funny to me. However, it really is basically, I'm approaching it from the angle of I'm making a mini series, right? So like a limited mm-hmm. series, mini series thing. So each one of them has to contain all these different episodes and parts and each 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 chapter contains multiple parts that segue into themselves like that just kind of segue in and out of different topics and the whole idea is to just be like you make a couple the idea was originally like 30 minute episodes like six 30 minute things that's three hours, right? If my math is right, it's that's a six 30 minute things. And then each one of those 30 minute things has a couple little arcs and moments in it, though it's gotten so, so granular now where it's like, I think in terms of here's a five minute chunk, here's a one minute chunk, here's a three minute uh, segment, uh, here's a, here's a 45 second segue. And it's like each, chapter is like a whole bunch of youtube videos a whole bunch of tiktoks a whole bunch of whatever just kind of laid end to end and and blended finally with one another 
So it's gotten to the point where I just completely, uh, completely on accident stopped posting on social media because these videos are just my, they became my social media basically. And they're also whatever else it is they are. So I'm having a good time. They are. Uh, they're your legacy. Uh, they, they, uh, hopefully they will be. Social I made a joke media. about how I'll die making these videos, though I hope it doesn't go that far. Your review style has really evolved, I feel like, because when you were doing like your Final Fantasy VII Remake review, it was very focused. You were like breaking down individual parts of the game. Yes. And I think if I compared it to Boku no Natsumi, it feels a lot more, uh, I want to say, meditative, introspective. Yes. Uh, you definitely break down, like, you spend a long time breaking down the interface. You spend a lot of time breaking down the Beatle mini game, uh, the individual parts of the game. But um, I actually just shared the the Kansas segment with my coworker and friend, Reb Valentine. Oh, because she would love that. I was like, hey, you're from Kansas. <laughs> oh, she's from you might want to watch this. Yeah. Yeah. And then immediately she said in all caps, oh my God, Taco Tico. Taco Tico, dude. <laughs> Taco Tico. That's I love Taco Tico. I got my Taco Tico cup on the table back here. <laughs> uh, I How is Kansas Mexican food? Because it's kind of not really near the border, but also not really it's, far it's, from the border. It's closer to, uh, it's closer to Mexico than uh, New York City. And you know mm-hmm. what? Right. New York City has a bad reputation for Mexican food, though. I've had some pretty good Mexican food in New York. It can't City. be worse than Toronto's. Oh, oh, I'm certain it's better than Toronto's. Yeah, uh, there's got to be. We got sneaky D's, and that's about it. I uh, I lived in the Bay Area for a while. Uh, I love going to L.A. You know, I've I've had Mexican food. Uh, I've had I've had a lot of American Mexican food, and uh, Taco Tico certainly is uh, certainly is Mexican food in America, <laughs> and it's it's fast food. <laughs> And uh, I, I, I ended up going to, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody who hasn't seen the video, though. I ended up going to Wichita. Um, uh, I ended up going to multiple Taco Ticos, mm. um, multiple Taco Ticos, perhaps a couple of them multiple times for uh, a particular punchline that comes somewhat late in the video that I thought of as the big punchline. And um, I was only, I was able to get a Taco Tico cup that has the taco tico logo on it right and it says taco tico it's all about the taste and it's this beautiful styrofoam cup and i saved it um and not only did i save it the taco tico cup is visible in the very first shot of there's a some cops outside right now i, I live in uh, new york manhattan where it's it's very loud and you're gonna just hear cops it's so the taco police just assume yeah. i'm playing yeah. a grand theft auto game in here so it's uh <laughs> Uh, we're piping in the auto, the audio from my Grand Theft Auto game. So it's, um, I, I was able to get the Taco Tico cup with the Taco Tico logo and slogan and everything on it. And I, I wanted two of them though. Every other Taco Tico did not have the cups with the logos. And, um, I, I went back to the Taco Tico where I got the cup with the logo. And I was like, do you not have the cups that have the Taco Tico logos on them? And they're like, no, we haven't had those for years. And like we ran out of those, and I'm like, "How did I get the one with the this logo?" Sounds on like it? A, a a twisted like uh, Hotel California. Mm. You can check out anytime <laughs> you like. But you can never get the cup with the logo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's like I have the cup with the logo right here. It's real. 
So, uh, I mean, I got like one guy like accusing me of where did you get that Taco Tico cup? I haven't seen that <laughs> cup for years. And it's like I walked into a Taco Tico on, I swear to God, August 20th, 2021. And I ordered a large drink and some cheese enchiladas. And that's what I got. They gave me the cup and this this beautiful cup. And now the cup, I, maybe that's the last one in existence. The last so I owe it to myself. Like my, Ken, like my yeah. Ken doesn't ball, but we're just talking yeah, about like your the 20 shows. year plus. <laughs> last for 20, 30 years. 20 year plus incandescent bulb. Yeah. It's <laughs> uh, that's my, my own version of it. It's a ghost story to be sure. So for sure. Uh, Taco Tico, dude. So wait, she, she noticed Taco Tico. Is she a Taco mm-hmm. Tico fan or hater? I think she's a fan. Uh, okay. I think she said specifically that those were the disgusting quesadillas of her youth. Mm-hmm. There's also she uh tall she says tall grass is my old neighborhood. Whoa. Taco Tico. Oh my god, oh no, the trash cheese enchiladas of my childhood. I love those exactly. cheese enchiladas. Yes. So I just had some and uh I, I okay, there, there's a part you know, and this is I'm sure your listeners love this uh this this uh granular dissection of one small part <laughs> of <laughs> one medium sized part of one large part of one of my seven videos that are all very this large. This feels very on brand, all things. I, so, I just yeah. love the term Taco Tico. Well, I mentioned like, I Taco Tico. Listen to that. I yeah. wonder if it, so first of all, what does Taco Tico mean? I don't know. Um, does it no stand idea. for tacos autenticos? Is that what it stands for? Like authentic tacos? That's what my, my head canon tells me. As, as a kid, you know, it just strikes you as a pleasant phrase. It's a beautiful phrase. Some might say the most beautiful phrase in the English language is Taco Tico. Um, however, is it English? We don't know. None of us. We don't actually have any idea. Ah, that's 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 the uh, bend, isn't it? That's the that's the rub. So I, I went to every Taco Tico in Kansas. <laughs> so <laughs> as I as I joke about in the beginning of my in the beginning of the segment where I talk about going to Wichita, Kansas, I say I'm going to go to every Taco Tico in Kansas. <laughs> I said I thought I could go to you know I say it in in the stupid you know the video presenter voice where it's like I uh you know one of my goals was to go to every Taco Tico in the state of Kansas right and it's yeah, like you know the 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 listener reader viewer you know whatever you know however they choose to engage with it the the person witnessing my video is is invited you know as you know with the, given the tone of my voice they're invited to consider my 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 line my monologue a little bit insincere if they like however i i I say here in my in my real voice uh i did go to every taco tico in kansas i went to all of them um every (laughs) single one (laughs) i ate a cheese enchilada and a bean burrito and had a large diet coke at, at every taco tico in kansas and i can tell you there are two good Taco Ticos in Kansas based on the test. <laughs> based on the test. Uh, so there was like one of them, the, the cheese enchiladas were real bad. And mm. I don't want to like call that one out. Uh, Maybe that uh, was the one. taco it shaming was, today. It was a psychedelic <laughs> experience how bad those are. I didn't know. <laughs> I ate them though. It's just uh, I hurt my teeth. You shouldn't hurt your Wait, teeth. Wait, what? Bad. That's a bad that's a bad sign. Yeah, yeah, it's a bad sign if the enchilada, uh, you know, doesn't uh, doesn't cut into a nice, smooth, straight line oh, when you no. descend the plastic fork uh, horizontally upon it. You know, you should be able to cut an enchilada, even like a high end 
sit-down restaurant enchilada should be cuttable with the side of a plastic fork. When you said psychedelic, I thought, like, were you tripping out after eating the taco? Like, that'd be cool. Like a well, no, taco and a, an acid trip? That's, me, me and that's my buddy Brent convenient. Porter, you know, shout out to Brent Porter. He he lives in uh, Topeka. He he accompanied me to many of the taco tikos. Not all of them, many of them. Uh, a couple of them, I uh, I did go to a few taco tikos alone, um, which is, uh, you know, a, a, an experience I had never had. I went there just for the footage, for the GoPro footage. Uh, the reason I, I bring up the, the the no logo on the cup is the one Taco Tico where I filmed inside to get the B-roll shot of my meal as I sat down at a booth. That was the only, that one didn't have the 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 logo on the cup, and I really wanted the I wanted to go back out into the car and get the cup I'd saved that had the logo on it, and I thought that would I, I didn't want to look even weirder than I was. Uh, there were a few moments where I was filming. Uh, I, I like filmed the sign outside of a Spangles in Wichita, Kansas. And like somebody came out and was like, can I help you, sir? What are you doing out here? And it was like, uh, <laughs> it's just like, there have been people out here doing weird stuff lately. I'm like, I was just getting a selfie. And the guy was like, <laughs> he was like, he was like, all right, you know, it's, you know, just don't, don't try to film anything inside the store. And I was like, I wasn't. I, I promise I'm not casing your spangles. Yeah, not, I was going to say lockdown what, what uh, do you not, spangles. What do they not want you to see inside this door? Now well, I'm curious. You know, this, this is going to factor into something I'm going to talk about in another place in a very long time. Though they won't <laughs> let, they don't want you to film stuff on the train platforms in New York. I've, I've spoken to right. uh, New York uh, transit workers who will all remain anonymous. And the, uh, the, it's, uh, they're, they're afraid of, of terrorism. Um, mm. and, That's understandable. Uh, yeah. uh, the fear of terrorism has extended elsewhere in the world, uh, you to know, spangles. to places that are not necessarily. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, seriously, if you know, definitely to Spangles, uh, New York a Transit uh, Authority. Um, you know, there's New York has had a a, a transportation related terrorism. Uh, mm-hmm, incident mm-hmm. at one point uh, so you know fear of terrorism has extended so that's why they're afraid of this the subway workers have just been on the, the subway workers are overworked uh individuals i don't know how they mm-hmm. do it um and it's uh you know if we've also had some some terroristic incidents in for example kindergartens and uh, elementary schools so if not if not spangles you know i mean i don't know i don't blame them for mm-hmm. thinking a guy standing outside with a big backpack on is, uh, is <laughs> yeah. doing something is doing wearing sunglasses indoors yeah. wearing sunglasses indoors these headaches don't stop jerry i just i can't uh, stop having headaches um what was i talking about? there's two good taco ticos <laughs> there's two good ones and the two good ones are so good and the other ones you know keep trying uh, you keep going for it I, I like I, I asked a, a, like a girl who was at the, the, the cash register of a Taco Tico. I was like, where did you where, could I buy one of those shirts that the employees are wearing? And she was like, it was it was a very awkward conversation after that. I was like, I like these shirts you all have. And then I mean, the shirt was legit cool. And then no other Taco Tico had that uniform. 
is why I was bringing it up. I'm like, did you know no other Taco Ticos wear this? And she's like, how many Taco Ticos you been to? And I was like, uh oh. I was like, I was like, I can't say it. I can't say I've been to all of them in Kansas, and you're the last one. Dug uh, this hole myself. Can't dig my way out. Yeah, I had literally never heard of Taco Tico before that video, and now I feel like there's an entire lore. Yeah, around this yeah. franchise. But I know, I know Taco Tico very well. now. I know it's Taco Tico really well now. See, but... that's that's the world, though. You know, you uh, you can yeah. learn about a thing, and if you learn about it, uh, let's go ahead and uh, not not necessarily say this is just action button videos, uh, or action button videos at all. Though, if you learn about something the right way you know, quote unquote, right way, you can end up uh, becoming a lore maven and mm, uh, mm-hmm. getting really into it and then learning a bunch of facts about something you otherwise would have had no occasion to ever, ever encounter in your life. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad if Taco Tico has become, become that for you. So you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like so much of your video was spent kind of uh, meditating on the concept of nostalgia and what nostalgia means, whether that means mm-hmm. summer in Japan or or Kansas or uh, a million other things, because Boku no Natsuyasumi is nostalgia mm-hmm. as a game, mm-hmm. gamified mm-hmm. nostalgia, mm-hmm. you want to say. And I mean, the the section that fucked me up the most was when you were talking about <laughs> summer in Japan, because. When you were having your conversation with your coworkers in the summer of 2006 was literally the year that I moved to Japan. Oh, heck yeah. So while you were in Tokyo having those conversations across town, I was in uh, Aoba, Aoba City near like Azamino and Aoba Dai teaching students. Sorry? I generally know where that is. Yeah, in in that general location. And... So I think that entire section kind of forcibly threw me back to those very, very hot, humid, muggy, disgusting summers uh, with the cicadas chirping, standing on the subway platform. Um, Everybody's saying Atsui Disney. (laughs) Mushi Atsui, people like to say when it's it's hot and humid. Oh, is that like, uh, I'm Jewish, we just say, oh man, I'm schwitzing. That's, uh, I guess it's the same basically, thing. Basically, that's what, oh, mushiatsu. That's basically okay. what that means, yeah. It's very close. When I saw all the sunflowers in your video there, although as a mother fan, I said, oh shit, something's, something's going to die. <laughs> Someone important's going to die. <laughs> Did you see the shot where I'm wearing uh, uh, the, the the Taylor Toyo, uh, the Hobonichi brand uh, Mother 2? Uh, Yokosuka oh, jacket? jacket in the sunflower. Yeah, yeah, hello. I'm jealous of that. Oh man, it's so good. That was an incredible jacket. Seriously, yeah, that jacket is gonna. That jacket's uh, getting a lot of mileage in these videos. It's a tax write-off, Jerry. I wrote it off. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, it's in a shot in a video. Mm-hmm. That's a tax mm-hmm. write-off. Uh, it is. It's, does anyone compliment you? Uh, does someone come up and say like, "Wow, that was a one sweet-ass jacket"? A couple people have mentioned the jacket. Uh, a lot of people are asking what the significance of the jacket is, um, uh, why I was wearing that jacket in that place. Um, it's uh, it's definitely all. I mean, I, I feel like it's it's hard to talk on a podcast about my video, the future videos, because it's I don't want to spoil stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's tricky, but yeah, there is a shot of me wearing the Mother Two jacket in a sunflower field in Kansas, and the viewer Very can. Uh, the viewer can uh, 
keep picking up the breadcrumbs as I continue to lay them down. So Ooh, gracious. You mentioned Earthbound or Mother 2 uh, a few times uh, during Boku no, no Natsuyasumi's yes. like, review. And do you see, like, uh, what are the connections that you see between the two? Well, I mean, they're games about a... They're, ga- they're, they're games that are very much about nostalgia, right? There's, there's mm-hmm. a lot of nostalgia in Mother 2, except it's very interestingly not really nostalgia for the 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 creator's lived experience so much as it's nostalgia for pop culture and entertainment yeah of a particular era and that's that's one of the connections i like the the one-handed controls i talk about that quite a lot i feel like there's a the bokuno nazi asked me four you get a bicycle so you can ride a bike um there's a lot of little little tiny things uh Character, the character designs are a, a similar type of big-headed kid. The kid's wearing yeah, shorts sure. and, a, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and a t-shirt and sneakers. Brown in both cases. Yes. So it's uh, there's there's a lot of these little superficial similarities, and as for and, and they both have these darker, deeper themes that you don't necessarily get a hint at from uh, looking at the just looking at a few images or video clips of it. You don't necessarily understand the way they start versus the sorts of stuff that gets brought up before the end. Obviously, Earthbound is uh, way harder hitting than Boku no Natsuyasumi is. But I feel like they both also have this um, this fabric of literature to them. Mm, for sure. So I feel like there's there's very few games I can think of that so, so much feel like literature. So I, I like really, really was impressed with Boku no Natsuyasumi when I first played it. And then, you know, if you've ever critiqued a thing or reviewed, written a review of a video game, you know, you start to like the thing less during the review process. It's just yeah. this, this process of disengaging from it. So my, my reviews take eight or 900 hours to make, right? So just imagine how, uh, how I just have a lot of very, very harsh criticisms for Boku no Natsuyasumi at this point that they really don't belong anywhere because nobody's the typical person, you know, one, one 9,999 out of 10,000 people will not engage with it on like the level that I did. So I can look at it and be like, uh, uh, that game's okay. It's, it's, it's okay. I mean, it's great. You know, my, the first impression is clearly the correct impression uh, in this case. But the my my impression now, after having analyzed the plot beats and the pacing and everything so much, the way I feel looking back at it is uh, that game's kind of it's 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 okay. And I mean, maybe that's nostalgia right there. Is nostalgia is the that first experience is the, is the real one, you know? Right. It's yeah. the real one. And nostalgia is when you turn it over in your head a million billion times and you end up seeing all the stuff that actually sucked about it. You weren't looking at that the first time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. weren't looking at any of that. It kind of reminds me how, like, I find nothing more romantic than the Japanese countryside. I've never been. I really wanted to put, go exactly. to Kyoto. But it's just so gorgeous. Not through, like, just games like that, but also, of course, Ghibli really romanticizes it. But then you think about it. I'm thinking, like, oh, man, I'd love to be in the wilds of Japan and the mountains and everything. And then I think... What if a Mikade crawls on me though? I'll scream and I'll run home on bare feet. Like that's just 
that little ugly side of uh, nature that you can't help. Every, kind of the same thing. Every time I've ever been out somewhere surrounded by nature, for example, most recently uh, in a sunflower field in uh, eastern Kansas, uh, there sure are lots of bugs. Mm. And you mm -hmm. think you might have been around some bugs in your life, <laughs> but it's like you go somewhere like genuinely in the middle of nowhere in in the countryside in a yeah. place, especially like a field of flowers. Like, forget about it, man. I'm just like carpeted in bugs past uh, <laughs> after being in there for like 30 seconds. And um, I mean, I'm from I'm from Minnesota. It's like they got mosquitoes the size of b-52s out there so it's, uh, it's pretty terrifying yeah oh man you just you just get a little bit away from a city you know here though in new york we've got rats the size of dogs you guys have impressive yeah. rats yeah. like yeah. talk about cat-sized rats i'm they're genuine i've they're seen rats huge. like that in i saw a rat like that kind of like jump off a garbage can a garbage truck in my neighborhood and run away run towards the building and i thought oh that's great i think but, that was uh, a possum yeah. nadia <laughs> that might have been a possum <laughs> <laughs> No, the possums biggest... were actually, when I was younger, you never, ever, ever saw possums in Toronto, but now you're seeing them because, hello, climate change is just bringing oh, wow. all these weird animals never up here. never saw an opossum before? Never saw an opossum until I was actually in the States. Yeah, I had never seen an opossum until just a couple of years ago when we accidentally trapped one. Oh, baby, that's they right. Tend to keep... We let it go. In, 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 in more urban areas, they tend to keep hidden, but, you know, stuff, uh, circumstances bring them out. I feel like oh, the rats yeah. of New York be like were emboldened by, for example, the coronavirus. Mm. You know? <laughs> Vermintide mm -hmm. rising. Yeah, exactly. Man, Vermintide, dude. The the first day I played Vermintide, I had just like stepped on a rat uh, <laughs> while coming down the stairs at the subway. Um, <laughs> of course. I, I didn't. Uh, I mean, I didn't. I didn't kill the rat, and my foot recoiled when. Uh, I mean, when when I could feel the the skin of the rat gliding. Uh, along oh, yeah. its spine, I was like, you know, sure. I, I I trod not roughly upon the rodent, you know. I did not. I didn't. I, uh, I didn't stomp the beast. I didn't crush the vermin. I merely no, but it's uh, enough to feel it, kind of as you say, slide under your I, under your foot. It's, it's creepy. Yeah, like a like a lily pad on a pond. I palpated the, I palpated <laughs> the pest's uh, uh, sliding skin, and this... uh, I recoiled when I heard the squeak. And uh, oh, the thing turned around. I'm scared of those things biting my leg. I don't blame you. Like, you know, they do I, have that, a that's virus and all Never that wear shit. shorts on the subway if you come to New York. No God, no. <laughs> no matter how high. Never wear sandals on the subway. That's like no joke. I uh, I mean, I'm wearing flip flops right now because I'm in my house. I, we were, I wear flip flops in my house because I don't have a I don't have a pair of slippers, right? So should get some slippers. Um, and I, every time I put these on, every once in a while, I'll think of the subway and I'll be like, oh God. I'd've, I couldn't wear these on the subways. I'd get bitten in between my toes by a rat. I'd look down and a rat's we, head would just be between my toes. And, uh, you know. We've had incidents in Toronto of raccoons coming on the subway and going through people's shit, which yeah. is really, really cute. <laughs> uh, you should look it up. There was actually, it was actually a worldwide story a couple of years ago that raccoon just came on the subway and started going through someone's open bags. Was and it a raccoon it was, or is it was this like a, a spate of raccoon attacks? Like there were like we have a we, we do have a lot of raccoon like just existing. But yeah, this was just one raccoon that got smart. And uh, we have a big problem with skunks. <laughs> it got smart. <laughs> it got smart. We have a big problem with skunks. <laughs> smart enough to use the subway to get from one place to another. Raccoonie. <laughs> like the other day I, I was. I had I was like I went to a, a swimming pool indoor swimming pool and I came out and a skunk came up and sniffed my shoe and 
yeah and they're they're everywhere and since it's fall they're kind of fattening up for the winter and yeah. they just they don't care they'll come off and sniff just you chubby skunks and you gotta be real around out there <laughs> we have a, yeah we have uh, love it skunks we, are we have so a lot of cute wildlife. i love yeah, them they are. yeah they're they're beautiful I have creatures. Petting them. you petted one i want to pet them no, oh, I want, want to, to pet them when they're up there, like <laughs> sniffing me, like, "Oh my god, I want to pet you!" But if I if I move, you, you don't you're going to completely destroy my day, my week, my year. Uh-huh. Destroy, destroy a, a not insignificant. Uh, it'll destroy. So I'm a minimalist, right? So if I get sprayed by a skunk, that's like most of yeah. my wardrobe is down. Mm. Exactly. You know? It's like, oh, there was my only pair of shoes. Thanks. Yeah, my, Thanks, my I mean, I have a I have a nice pair of shoes. I pooled some money in a while back because I want to like it was like I want to get rid of all my shoes. And I want one pair that goes with everything and will last me for 50 years. One skunk could ruin that. Mm. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. That could just no. do, could do mortal damage to my wardrobe. Uh, so, 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 yeah. So the coronavirus, I think, has pumped up the rat behavior in New York. You're saying you're seeing opossums possibly, uh, uh, oh, possibly uh, drawn out by <laughs> climate change. <laughs> So it's like it's almost like you know in the beginning of an RPG when it, somebody says in the town that there's more monsters than usual. Yeah, more mm-hmm. monsters. Right. The monsters are getting yeah. more, The monsters are getting. What's going on? What's going on? There's just more monsters out there lately. The Dark Lord of the Skunks is descending. That's, upon that's exactly what this is. Y'all living that's in exactly like, what's happening in the real world. Y'all there's living more... in like. So you go good. <laughs> it's it's great. I was just going to say y'all living in urban areas makes me feel like I live in fallout some days because like you live in the suburbs or something. No, no, I live, I live in like, uh, it's, it's fairly suburban Austin, but like y'all are like, Oh, I saw a rat on the subway and I'm like, there was like either a vulture or a massive falcon just following me oh, on my no, walk no. the other day, and I was just kind of like prepping myself for having to punch a bird in the mouth and and oh, just like getting omen, in the though. right headspace. For that. It really is <laughs> like living in an RPG. Yeah. yeah, I was I was a I was a teenager and a college student in the state of Indiana. Okay, uh, okay, in southern yeah. Indiana uh, for a big long stretch of it, and I gotta tell you. You know, I I got real used to like waking up and seeing a deer at the garbage can. Deer, uh, yep. Snakes, foxes, snakes, um, uh, raccoons. You know, my parents' house. I was just at my parents' house a couple months ago because uh, weirdly, I filmed my videos in Indiana. It's just worked out. Uh, there's a studio I use in Indiana, so every time you see me on an action button video, know that I was hanging out with my dad the night before so oh, that's nice. so every single one of the i'm hanging out with my dad the night before uh, i i filmed those and he's like oh there's raccoons out there we look out the window and there's just like six of them on the porch mm-hmm. uh it's terrible those uh there's more of them now he's like there's more of them than usual like like no joke he's like there's more raccoons these days we don't know why there's just like uh, 12 or 14 of them that's how he talks. When there was a, a particular population explosion in Toronto a few years ago, uh, someone to highlight how bad this had gotten took a picture of uh, their porch, and there was one mom skunk and like six little baby skunks playing around like their por- <laughs> their uh, porch furniture, like it was a a park. And for all the world, the mother looked like, "Oh God, I'm so tired of this." Like, fine, you're at the park, just play, leave me alone. And it was very <laughs> adorable. But yes, there's a they they know how to tear shit up, unfortunately. Oh man, skunks. They're such good-looking monsters, though. They're really mm, good-looking they little are. creatures. Very handsome. Yeah, very. They would. They would Pretty be nasty. D buffs, though. <laughs> they would be a wonderful pet if they, you know, weren't probably full of diseases or you could de- you, know, you smell could real de- bad. De- de- stink them. De- smell gland them. Oh Wait, yeah. What? 
Yeah, you can remove oh, yeah, those. Know that. You can have you can have skunks as pets. That feels like yeah. that feels like declawing. I don't know. That, I feel weird about that. It's just no. You're you're doing everybody. It's a favor, not the, including the skunk. You're basically. I'll I'll get into this since I'm a groomer. You're taking away their anal glands, which isn't really going to hurt them. Yeah. In any regard. Yeah. What? It's not like declawing where you actually cut off a, a cat's knuckle. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, but but if someone walked up to you right now and was like, "Hey, can I take out your anal glands?" Would you be like, you have yeah, you sure, don't have them, Jerry? You don't got them. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, a skunk only needs that for in the wild situations, and if you're domesticating yeah. the skunk, it's probably fine. Whereas a cat uh, can use its claws to climb its happy cat tree things or whatever, right? Uh, and, yeah. you know, I, I just I don't like the the turn that Blood God has taken to let's start doing surgery on skunks so we can keep them as pets. I can still talk about anal glands. <laughs> I know all about them. If you this know. episode's one long nostalgia pit. What are we talking about? <laughs> it's the nostalgia trough uh, now. I don't know if you missed a, the a chemical process that can just, uh, just debuff the skunk's stink. Is there not? Probably something much more like like they just debuff. They eat a a pill, and then it's gone. They don't stink anymore. (laughs) Oh, I thought you meant like you just feed them the right diet, and now their gas will smell like good instead of bad. Yeah, feed them pineapple. Uh, Honestly, if a skunk doesn't ever spray, ever have a reason to spray, it will never smell. Yeah, and skunks are not ones to spray that easily. Like I was actually the other day walking down the street, like you know, coming back from um, from shopping. And there's a bunch of kids walking towards me. And one of them is like kind of the crazy kid of the group. And he's screaming and running ahead of his friends. And he's chasing a skunk. Like he's actually chasing a fucking skunk. And it's like, I swear to God, a meter away from me. I love it. And I'm like, dude, that's a skunk. Dude, dude, dude. And his friends behind him are like, yeah, don't worry about it. He's just, that's just what he's doing. He's just, like, All he's right. just an idiot. They're saying it's. <laughs> yeah, but they don't spray easily. So wait, th- this kids chase skunks around before, and they they just uh, I guess so. It's just, it's just one of the things those kids get up to. It's gonna <laughs> learn a hard lesson, I suppose. Oh, that but rules. until yeah, then, he's, it's like he's gonna learn you want to chase the skunk and live chase life the skunk. a quarter mile behind a skunk at a time. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's inevitable at that point. Man, I I remember there was a turkey in uh, my neighborhood, and oh, there were many turkeys in my neighborhood in Oakland, and. Uh, the, the, the landlords oh, uh, they've only gotten worse yeah have they Tur- turkeys See? are multiplying too i was about to ask are the turkeys worse now because c- yeah, of yeah. covid i'm still here in california they're still around and all of these yeah, i see all of these i uh, see turkey gangs they're, they're gonna jump on me if i'm not all careful. these liberals out there with their plant-based uh, uh holiday roasts not wanting to eat the turkeys <laughs> the, tur- the turkey population is just turkeys are going to take over california taking over california god the turkeys i had to slam the brakes on like so many turkeys that's driving around oakland it's just horrible oh my god hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. 
If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. You mentioned that you play a game, you really enjoy it, but then at a certain point, like your 900-hour review process, mm-hmm. uh, the, the the problems, the issues really kind of start to stand out to you, and you can have a lot of really harsh criticisms. But the thing that I'm kind of wondering is, are there games that have kind of risen in your esteem Yes. Um, in the wake of it? Oh, yeah. Um, is Final Fantasy VII Remake one of them? Because I saw it higher on your yes. list. Yes. Mm. Like, only like two people have asked about this. Yeah, it moved up. It's just the more uh, so. It moved above the Last of Us. Yeah, it's uh, it's up over the Last of Us. Now. That's fair. That's good. Uh, That's un- good. Unfortunately, <laughs> see. So first of all, what they shouldn't have done is uh, they shouldn't have remade the Last of Us mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. They, because it's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I ended up playing the the Last of Us remake, right? And I ended up watching my girlfriend play all the way through the Last of Us. Well, she we streamed it. And she played, she'd never, she's never played all the way through a triple A video game. She's never played all the way through a video game that requires the use of a right analog stick to, to move the, the ah, camera. Interesting. Right? Oh. So there's actually a lot of people out there. It's, it's, it is yeah. a perspective yeah. that is uh, uh, sometimes uh, unheard from when you hear people talking mm-hmm. about video games. So I got to watch her play through The Last of Us. And I was like, oh, this game is pretty good. Uh, this, this, I mean, this is pretty good. It's, it's, it's a great video game for a variety of reasons. And then, you know, I myself am playing through the remake, or I was, and I was like, uh, this game's all right. It's, uh, you know, you start to, I, I had not actually gotten to the point of starting to pick apart The Last of Us, whereas I had not replayed the Final Fantasy VII remake since doing the review. I still keep calling it The Final Fantasy VII remake. It's wrong. Yeah, it's not that's not its name anymore. It's uh <laughs> it's uh we all know Final Fantasy Seven Remake. Remake is yeah, the subtitle. You cannot remake. Reunion. Is it rebirth? Is rebirth the next one? Rebirth is the next rebirth one. Rebirth is yeah. remake two. Yeah. And reunion that's what I'm gonna call it. Reunion's and crisis core. Reunion is crisis core. Yeah. 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 Lordy. Which they're whole, saying I, they're not doing anything to. I like that they, they're they're canonizing Crisis Core as part of this Final Hell Fantasy yeah. Seven remake story. By calling it Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Oh, you played the Yuffie DLC, right? Actually, no. I saved it. Really? Oh. I'm saving it for a, a treat for myself. Oh. Oh. Which do you ever do? I'm this? looking forward you to can your have thoughts a little on Yuffie as a treat. It's like it's not it's not a backlog. I don't believe in backlogs because I don't believe that I, I have any responsibility to play. Uh, That's fair. That's a good way to I don't look at I don't want to like be a boss of myself. Right. Mm, mm-hmm. I don't want to be like you have to play these three hundred Steam games that you got for a dollar each or whatever. I don't know. Put on a Trello card and set a deadline for it. <laughs> I like having them. I like having all these games. I got a Steam Deck recently, right? Uh-huh, um, I uh-huh. put uh, put The Witcher Three on there, and uh, I played the beginning of The Witcher Three on the Steam Deck, and I was like, "This is this is ridiculous, dude." I got The Witcher and it's sixty <laughs> FPS on this thing. You know, I lowered enough settings to get 60 FPS. And it's like, um, I, I, so I saved, so like The Witcher 3 is I'm saving for a treat for myself, believe it mm. or not. I've played The Witcher 1. I've played The Witcher 2. I've read all the books, right? And you haven't played 3. I have not played 3, no. I've killed the griffin about the- 12 times. Um, oh, I thought you 
Interesting. Still you are really Because I remember you mentioning truth, yeah. Witcher 3 at some point in one of your reviews. I do. I mentioned so. it in uh, the Cyberpunk one, and I specifically said I haven't beaten one. it yet. And I say I'm going to let yeah. myself play oh. it after I finish this review, but then I didn't. <laughs> yeah, you played Boku no Natsuyasugi yeah, like three times. And I played, uh, uh, I've played about 340 hours of related games uh, for uh, the next, next, next review already Ooh. but i still haven't Dang, played you the plan a, you plan ahead congratulations ahead. Yeah, i'm a i am someone who does spur of the moment every day oh man well the the there is a spur of the moment in my workflow and that's that's the editing so it's like mm, when i'm right. editing the video i let the spur of the moment kind of creep in and uh i believe that's uh for me if i didn't uh if i did not plan really really far ahead for like everything i'm doing professionally i would uh I would get nothing done, I don't think, because I, if I let the spur of the moment take over. So I've been, you know, and I, I don't, I, I apologize to anyone who has the, their illusion of me shattered from hearing this, if, if they're familiar with my work at all. Everything's very, very meticulously planned and scripted. Mm. And uh, mm -hmm. like, I'm, I, I, I'm like eight videos ahead now in terms of uh, outlining scripts and, and and sourcing video clips and i've got my nice camera set up and i go on shoots uh, i'm traveling around uh, uh the world maybe the country definitely I'm, I'm going places and filming stuff and i'm it's it's just all work all the time now and video games are all work all the time and i've fallen into this horrible trap which is I'm like, am I going to manufacture a work reason to play mm. this Yuffie DLC yeah. or am I going to do it as a treat? It's like a couple hours, right? An hour, two hours, something like that. Oh, yeah. It's really short. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's like I've got uh, the FF7 Integrade for um, PC and I'm like, oh, I can play it in 4K60 or whatever. So I'm going to have a good time with it when I play it. It's just I will start to play a thing and I will get to a point where I like it so much that I just don't want to let myself play it anymore. And maybe that's like the most horrible thing. No, the most horrible thing is really enjoying a game and vibing with it and being like, wow, this has shattered all of my cynicism about video games. I'm just really digging this on its own terms and then being like, oh, but I have to play this other game for work now. Yeah, exactly. I have to put it aside. Yep. And yeah. then you're comparing it all the time. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I kept going back to the Final Fantasy VII remake. I uh, when when it came out on the Epic Game Store on PC, I played mm -hmm. it in 4K 120 for a stream, and was having just it was strange because I I just played at that time. My review of Cyberpunk had come out like a month earlier. I was in the middle of the research phase for the Boku no Natsuyasumi video. Well, no, I was I was past the research phase and I was into the scripting phase, and I was, I was playing, I, I just, play, I, I had told my stream audience that I would play through chapters one through five of the Final Fantasy VII Remake for a stream because I did not stream them when I first played the game for the review because I had played through that part three times because when I, when I do a review and I, you know, any, if any aspiring video game critics are out there, the, the, the first third or so of a game is really worth playing more than once. If you beat the game and you you unless you have some horrible deadline looming, if you have the time, going back and replaying the beginning part of the game can be hugely crucial 
in in just like bundling up what you, what opinions you have. I feel like you save time by going back and playing the opening slice of a game uh, if if you have to do a review of it. There are there are times when you can save time where you would be wandering lost in the writing process. You can save time by going back and replaying the beginning of the game and getting a whole bunch of sparks of recontextualization. So I, I played through the first part of the game three times when I was scripting and researching my review. And then when I streamed the game, I streamed from chapter six to the end. And I told everybody I would stream chapters one through five if and only if they released a PC version. Um, mm. And then they did. So I did. Two some, two <laughs> yeah. some years later, I played through it. And that experience, going through the footage of that when I was archiving the streams to put them up on my my secondary YouTube channel, which has stream archives and such, um, going through that footage, I was just like, now my fourth my fourth playthrough of the first five chapters of the game, right? I was like, oh man, this game really is. Uh, it's just a good game. It's just a good. It's it's stupid sometimes and it's weird most of the time and it's so texturally structurally uh, pacing wise different from all of your triple a blockbusters and it's got this uh, uh i believe i said in my review it's like a stretched uh, sort of a sort of a stretched yakuza blueprint to the story it mm. very much follows it's like yakuza but somehow more more of a video game and yakuza is a video game like pretty thick you know thick rich video gamey video game so it's yeah. uh i don't know it just kind of came together for me i haven't really articulated it yet maybe there's a venue to do so later uh if i review a final fantasy game when i think of the final fantasy 7 remake i just think of cloud in that dress because he has the exact same expression that my cat would have when we dressed her up when I was a kid. It, it was the same thing. It's funny Just, you mentioned that because the first thing I was thinking when we started talking about the remake and, and about how, like, what it is and how it's, like, different, the first thing I thought of was Cloud hitting his buster sword on the doorframe. Oh, very good, yeah. Like, like that's... I feel like that is maybe one of the best encapsulations of how that remake is so different and captures just a different aspect of that story and of those Little characters. Details, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the kind of detail you'd love if you were a hardcore fan of the original game. Yeah. If you'd maybe read a couple fan fictions uh, from, <laughs> that were coming from a couple different angles. And the fact that a little, it's just seamlessly, it's a tiny blip in the story, but it's so seamlessly presented that it's like. I can't even remember how it happened exactly. Like what he sees like the vision of Sephiroth and he tries to pull his buster sword out to attack him while he's oh, in yeah. the, hits the top of the door. And it hits the top of the door frame and he's like, ah, oh. and it bounces like, back oh, and like shit. hits him on the shoulder. And he, yeah, like, he like flinches a little bit from it's, it. It's oh a game God, of surprising so, like, little moments like that. I mean, some yeah. of them, everyone kind of remembers like the, the wink that Jesse does from the door or whatever, where she kind of like wings out, like, like winks at, at cloud and, and ducks weird back tongue in. stuck out expression. Yeah. Like, she's like, like a very, she's like a very 1990s, uh, Japanese TV drama, mm, like, mm. uh, like a pixie girl character. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. it's like a very specific type of type of 1990s Japanese drama girl character hmm. that is a there's like a lot of weird 90s culture stuff in Final Fantasy 7 remake it's just very densely full of little I just like my estimation of it has just grown as I as as the time has passed 
and I it's it's unfortunate now because it's a uh, it's now it's growing in my estimation the way Final Fantasy VII did, which means Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two uh, kind of uh, is at a disadvantage already for me, mm-hmm. right? Because I now have to compare it to Final Fantasy VII Remake Part One, and uh, who even knows what that game's going to be, man? Right? Yeah. Let's see, yeah. Cloud's going to start the third mess. impact, and it's it's going to be really <laughs> weird, <laughs> man. So that that uh. Crisis Core is coming out in December, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. See, so I'm going to I'm going to have to light that up over here. I'm going to have mm-hmm. to play that. that yeah. is... Crisis Core opinions? I like I like yeah, Crisis really. Core. I was a little uh, at the time I first played it, I was a bit uh you know, I put my Judge Dread face on uh, when uh when I I the, the like slot machine whips open in the middle of a battle and it says level up. I got I get a level up in the middle of the battle from a slot machine that pops up to cover the screen while i'm trying to swing my sword oh, to play. there's a behemoth and there's a slot machine in your face like, yeah, and it's, it's now not the, not the time now gambling addiction and I'm just, <laughs> well if not now if not now though when right when, now when. <laughs> right so it's like uh, it's like i just remember putting my judge dread face on and getting mad at that game and being very cynical about it and i'll admit i was pretty cynical about just kingdom hearts you know, and uh, the mm, world one Tetsuya Nomura, but Kingdom yes. Hearts has like has just ballooned in estimation in my mind. Kingdom Hearts is the closest video games have to, you know, this is gonna since I, uh, this is gonna sound like sensationalism, but I promise, given several hours, I could back it up. Kingdom Hearts is the closest video games have to David Lynch, dude. Like I'm like not even kidding. Like I am. I'm not even kidding. I think it's uh, uh, the more I like. I replayed. We're not going to say how much, but I replayed kind of a lot of Kingdom Hearts two, just for oh, okay. one like twelve second, half a sentence in my Boken and Nazi Asami oh, video. I know exactly what you're yeah, talking yeah. about. Yeah, <laughs> the part about <laughs> Japanese summer nostalgia. And uh, yeah. the kids are just like, uh, it's, you know, the, the, the Backstreet Gang or whatever their name is, the Oliver Twist kids, the, the, <laughs> the Dogtown Boys or whatever, the, the Bouncer Reference guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, who else is there? There's a bunch of dudes. The kids yeah. with Roxas in uh, Twilight Town. Uh, I'm, un- I'm, I'm perhaps giving up or giving away how much of the game I played uh, that I forgot those characters existed because you get past a certain point and, uh, the game has just kind of snowed you under with so many characters, details and plot stuff. And it's, it's beautiful. Um, you know, where they're sitting around eating the ice cream and they're like, Mm -hmm. it's too bad. Summer won't last forever. Right. And they're like, kids don't talk like that. That was my criticism when I first played the game. And, uh, as a 43 year old man replaying that scene, it's like, yeah, kids don't talk like that, but, uh, a god darn 43 year old man does mm-hmm. and who do you think wrote this story man you know i'm just like uh i'm just looking at it as a work of an adult person and uh really uh again the psychedelic experience it's, uh my i was the same with final fantasy 7 remake right exactly they were all really young when they made that game and final fantasy 7 remake is the work of People who are significantly older, yeah. and significantly more introspective. Some of the oldest and... dudes in the video game industry, too. Uh, well, okay, maybe yeah. not some of the oldest. Dragon Quest Twelve is going to be coming out in a couple of years. <laughs> we, as, if we, if, yeah. if all goes, if all goes according to plan, um, 
Uh, it will also uh, most likely not have music composed by a war crime denier, which is interesting. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, maybe maybe some of it will remain in there. Uh, you know, they'll probably commission a non-war crime denier to to do mm-hmm. some of the, you know, the That'd fill nice. in the blank. I'd like him to vet that. They, right? they, he was, they like to balance the panel With 11, out. he was working with yeah, much he, younger composers because exactly. he couldn't do a lot of the work himself. Exactly. So, um, you know, that's interesting. So, okay, the reason I bring up Dragon Quest Twelve is that's going to be a video game. When it comes out, it's going to be a video game directed and designed by a 70-year-old man. Mm-hmm. That's He's amazing. 68 years old right now, right? Yep. Um, it's possible his work is near completion on Dragon Quest Twelve. It's a. Uh, it would be quite the thing if Yuji Hori hears this and decides to allocate resources to releasing the game uh, before he turns seventy, just to spite me. Um, <laughs> though it's like it, it, it's going to come out. And it's going to be like a seventy-year-old guy is going to be giving interviews and speaking about this game, and that's wonderful. Isn't that a new? It is. It's not okay. Well, I mean, it's not like a new type of perspective because he's been making. It's the same guy whose perspective we've heard plenty of times. Though it's like we've got a seventy-year-old man making a game, directing and designing it, and doing day-to-day work on a game. Shigeru Miyamoto's. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the ages of every he's Japanese in the 60s. man in the game industry. He's, in the 60s, but he's like more of a mentor now. Like yeah. he's yeah. stepped away. He's an executive now. He's an executive. He's, he's directing mentor. Chris Pratt. He's, Chris Pratt yeah. he's, a, yeah. he's a teacher. Oh, lordy, he's a supervisor. Lordy, lordy. He taught. He can't even he 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 like lectured Chris Pratt on Mariology for probably twelve hours. <laughs> and, uh, I want to see the text. And, and he couldn't that. even remember that you don't stomp the Koopas, and that they're not even called Koopas uh, in Mario Brothers. Oh my god! And he stopped for a long time. Koopas. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Koopas. The, you know, couldn't they? You know, could see the Cisse going in his head of like can, landing on Koopas. <laughs> I can tell that that Jack Black did a did a first take. Mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And he, I could tell he was on at least his second take there. Look, they woke up Chris Pratt <laughs> from like at noon. Yeah. And they're like, look, you got to film this. We've been trying to get a hold of you for three or four days. Exactly. Chris, just get in front of the camera. <laughs> we'll hold up signs for you. Yeah, Lord. And he, they couldn't have done a second take. Come on. The guy's got to He only had time for one take. He said, I've got one take and then I got to go to my hate church. Okay? Yeah, I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. I, I haven't even finished uh. writing my sign yet. Uh, I haven't even yeah, finished. Come on, scribbling. <laughs> scribbling I, the I Sharpie. I haven't even opened up the, the Crayola magic marker box yet for my sign. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, I don't know how to open it. That's my Chris Pratt the, impression. That's, pre- that's better than the Mario he did. The um, <laughs> the story oh, about good. developers actually reminds me of something I was thinking of very recently, Tim. Probably you'll agree with this. If not, do a video about it if you haven't already. I'm sorry, I haven't watched all well, of them. Let's do it. But uh, I was thinking about Final Fantasy VI and how uh, Sakaguchi said the theme of life and rebirth in that game was so important to him because he had just had a child. Yeah. And I'm playing games now. Like, I just did a whole Retronauts episode about Final Fantasy for the after years. Oh, yeah. We were just laughing through the whole thing because, oh, my God, this is a game about developers being dads. It is. It is, yeah. It's all it is. I mean, isn't that most video games these days, though? Exactly. It's it's so interesting to me because, of course, it would be. Like, you know, things change in your life. You, You have a child who's your first child and maybe you think about rebirth and and all that like i said and then they grow up and they get become problems they become teenagers like well let's write a a video game about final fantasy characters being angry dads like that's uh 
uh, life comes out in art, I suppose. Life imitates art, as they say. I mean, mm-hmm. a couple thoughts on Yuji Hori. First is, it's good to see people who don't get burned out at mm. 40 or 50. Oh, yeah. And so just mm-hmm. go into other fields because they're like, video games, I'm done. I'm out. So yeah. in that sense, it's heartening to me that Yuji Hori is still making video games at 70 on a day-to-day basis. At his, like, at the age he should be going to the driving range every day, mm. playing golf mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. There, there's a man who easily could have retired, you know? Mm-hmm. He could have retired. Oh, yeah, a long time ago. He could have retired years ago. I mean, come on. You know, you know though, I, I had a throwaway couple of lines in my Boku no Natsuyasumi review near the end where... And I'm sorry if this is cutting off what you were going to say about Yuji Hori. Uh, where I, I, I'm talking about how Sony is, how great Sony is, and how Sony's first party stuff is so beautiful and so wonderful over the years, and the, and how the PlayStation One is my favorite. I realize is the best console ever made, uh, and I say that and as a. I agree with you. You do, yes. I thank do. you. Uh, I, I, I was you were taught when you were saying that in the video. I was like, I've realized the same thing because yeah. I've been collecting old games recently. And the PS1 games every time. Yes. And what bring me in. Mm-mm. Well, so the interesting thing is that whole the, doing that whole review was a was a journey of nostalgia, right? So I mean, if it's not clear, like I it takes about it took about eight months to make that review. That conclusion part was filmed separately, right? So I filmed the conclusion part separately. Um, and that was like toward the end of the editing process. I filmed the conclusion part. So I'd, I'd written a, a bunch of that stuff. I came to all that realization about the greatness of the PlayStation during the editing and during the researching process of that review. So it was uh, realizing just how many phenomenal games are on the PlayStation was, was part of this review journey. And man, like, so again, nostalgia, right? I have nostalgia for Super Nintendo. I'm 43 years old. Super Same, Nintendo came out yeah. when I was 12. Right? How old was everybody? Like, how what was the game console when you all were twelve? It was. I'm about your Same age. age. So for me, it was definitely I mean, it was Super, Super Nintendo. Nintendo. Super Nintendo. PlayStation Two. PlayStation Two. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, okay. Interestingly, uh, I think PlayStation Two is the second best game console of all time. I so, I, I love the Nintendo. I don't disagree. DS. I don't disagree. But disagree. I would put PlayStation Two up there as well. So I've I've got a I've got an HDMI modded PlayStation over here. I've got a with an SD card slot. Nice. I've mm-hmm. got a PS2 with a two terabyte SSD in it. Um, uh, nice. Or not SSD, HDD. Don't want to disappoint anybody. I use a uh. retro tank upscaler. I've got all these games. I have every PlayStation 2 game ever um, released in any territory in this server over here. I can call them over to the PlayStation whenever I feel. Um, and man... I've been just surfing through the catalog of PS2 lately. And there's like, I've been going back and just playing all the stuff I had like always wanted to play or kind of wanted to play and never really mm-hmm. played. Mm-hmm. And man, the PS2 is amazing. PS2 is still the best or PS1 is still the best. And so, I mean, I've got that nostalgia for all the P- the Super Nintendo games because, you know, I was 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 years old. And it's like, that's the, 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 the ripe era for establishing all these critical opinions you're going to have for the rest of your life though Mm -hmm. i was able to break through that somehow while reviewing a playstation game that i wouldn't even put maybe in the top 25 
if I were doing a top 25 list of best PlayStation games that I played during the research phase of the Boku no Natsuyasumi video, Boku no Natsuyasumi would be somewhere in the 30s probably, right? There are games on that system like uh, Ore no Shikabane o Koite Uke. Like games like that, that's probably in the top three, top five. There are just some incredible games on that console. Incredible games. And uh, it was just blowing my mind constantly. Pal Shinken Densetsu. Do you guys know this game? Pal Shinken Densetsu. It's an RPG about a dog where you're a, a dog who's also God. Do you know this what? game? It's amazing. I mean, you spell it backwards play right there. Yeah, that yeah, sounds. That's the plot twist. Exactly. And they spoiled it right in the front. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> man, it's so good. So there's just all this, uh, all this stuff I was playing on the PlayStation one and toward the end of the, the script, I'd written all this stuff in the script and I'd written, uh, I was uh, just basically riffing through a huge laundry list of stuff Sony did first. Because after I say the PlayStation is the best, I then say, and you know what? I think Sony's better than Nintendo. And I think think they've always been better than Nintendo at video games in general. And part of this was, you know, don't tell Sony PR. uh, Part of this was, was me just, you know, being a little bit exasperated and sad that, Sony has kind of stopped making a whole bunch of weird games, you know? Yeah. They closed their Japan yeah. studio. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're never going to have an Eco or Shadow of the Colossus again. Grab we will have a Ghost of Tsushima 2 or a, uh, you know... Last of Us 5. Last of Us. Or Horizon. Horizon, Horizon Zero Dawn 3. Remastered, yeah. And those ga- oh, Horizon Zero Dawn Remastered. It's so weird. <laughs> Maybe it's not going to be on the Last of Us's level. It might- but not Days Gone 2. Yeah, yeah. No Days Gone 2. Too weird. Oh, man, no. Days Gone was so good. Did any of you play that? Is that the one with the motorcycle? Yeah. <laughs> I, yes. I could not bring myself to play it, to be you honest. You couldn't bring I, yourself to play it? I don't. No, oh, it has, no it's, it's, it has not, it's not the now. memes. It's not the memes. It's not the like, oh, ride me like you ride your bike. Honestly, that could sell me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that, that a line in the game? That could sell me. Yeah. No, that's, they, they do a flashback to when the main character like took his vows at the wedding and the the bride is like, just promise me you'll ride me as much as you ride your bike or something like that. Lordy, and, lordy, and it, yeah, that would a, get me to play it. I'm just, yeah. I am so sick of walking dead adjacent games. Exactly. Yeah. And yes. And I, so for, was I, I've, I've heard that days gone does some cool stuff with the zombie idea, does, but I was yeah. just so like not into the sons of anarchy meets the walking dead, like marketing that they put out there for that game. Not necessarily the, the, the zombie, that it does smart stuff with zombies, which it does. It does more smart stuff with like open world design than mm. I've seen in any other open world game. So it, uh, you know, around about PUBG, Fortnite, around about that time, mm-hmm. the, the, the mm-hmm. survival games, you know, your Arma 3 mods and whatnot, like a lot of survival games were becoming uh, toward the top of the, of the deck when a mm-hmm. game designer was working on something new in a in a in a triple a sort of game anything outside of like the the ubisoft sphere of influence the game designers were working a lot with survival mechanics and survival mechanics in an open world game is is kind of well worn at this point yeah and Mm -hmm. it's it's hard to pitch any of those to a potential purchaser or critical evaluator as marquee features that it's an open world game with survival features right but the designers have had so thoughtfully drilled down on survival features in Days Gone that 
it ends up doing so many extremely cute little things that other open world games have never bothered with. Like you need to gas up your motorcycle, Mm, right? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's a day night cycle. Zombies are really ruthlessly, let's just say near impossibly violent at night, right? During the Mm -hmm. day, they, they gather in dark places. So it's like of, dying light kind of style where they're like yes. inside during the day, outside at night. Yes. Yes. They, they, I mean, it's a, it's, you know, again, it's borrowing from another video game. It seems like, so it's like they're, they're, they've got I mean, this that's vampiric Legend quality does that too. where they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're, 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 they're uh, dormant during the day and you can happen upon a hive of them and mm-hmm. kind of just light a whole room of them on fire during the day. So they're, they're violent at night. Right. But get this. What if your bike runs out of gas? Right. Mm-hmm. bike runs out of gas you got to get off the bike and leave it somewhere right and then you got to go to one of these safe houses that are located on the map and hide there until and you can sleep until morning right mm-hmm. of course how do you get a safe house well you've got to clear it of zombies first right so clear a safe house during the day maybe you're clearing it as the sun is going down uh, clear it before the zombies freak out because your bike is now out of gas and you've left it under a tree and now you got to sleep during the night and then you got to get back to your bike in the morning and your bike's out of gas you got to get gas for the bike like it essentializes the the traversal mechanic and Mm. it ends up just uh playing so well into the core loop of an open world game period Mm -hmm. but also Mm -hmm. this particular open world game you're playing and it has very naturalistic dialogue as well um you know the ride me like you ride your bike is that i can imagine i've I've never (laughs) exactly been in that uh uh, that exact relationship, but I can imagine uh, people saying Somebody stuff like that. Somebody would say that. I can no, imagine some, people. Someone sure. would absolutely say that in, in with a, a particular sense of I've humor. Been to. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that's me saying Days Gone's pretty good, and I I think it's actually it actually just kind of further reinforces what I was saying about Sony at the end of my my Boku no Natsuyasumi review. How Sony has kind of stripped away. Uh, they've just allowed the the stuff that interests me as a critic. And this is the important thing. Me as a critic looking back 22 years at Mm. an old video game, imagine 22 years from now looking back at God of War Ragnarok or whatever whatever it is that's coming out. What's coming out? This A guy at a dinner asked me last Sunday, so you do video game stuff, right? And I was like, oh, man. Can we just talk about? <laughs> can we just talk change. about baseball? Bad question. And I'm like, I'm like, uh, uh, yeah. So what good games are coming out this fall? And I was just oh, like, I hate that. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's... It's it's rough out there this yeah. uh, this fall, unless you want to play some indie games. It's like Call of Duty. The worst thing Pokemon. is, I, I said to this guy, I said, "Oh, there's a new God of War coming out," and he's like, "God of War, mm. huh? Oh, what's that?" And I was like, "Oh, what are you what are you asking?" And then, uh, I'm like, "Oh no, I I was able to uh, gracefully." gracefully uh usually when i get that question it's because it's, it's coming from someone who wants news about call of duty or madden yeah. or mm-hmm. nhl in, in toronto's case but yeah this guy just, wanted uh, neither uh do you just uh, automatically substitute madden for nhl because uh when you when you have conversations with american people because that's a yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that makes sense. The, no, it's it's the only person I knew up here who played NHL was my brother, who had like a American boss, and so he's like, "You got to learn, and you got to learn NHL, uh, you got to learn NFL, so I can play with you." And my brother said, "Fine, I guess it's part of the job now." So, so if we were all from uh, Europe, you'd have said FIFA. Yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, okay, that's Basically. perfect. That makes sense. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, I, this you know, so like, what games? So what what is Sony guy coming out? Right? It's like there's God of War. Um, I don't know what other exclusives are there for the PlayStation that are, I, I don't know. So 
Days Gone was, uh, in my opinion, the most interesting thing that had been published by Sony in quite some time. And I was just in context. Yeah, it makes sense. Now. Yeah, I was just like, oh, this is sad. Um, the Japan studio closing is sad with no Japan studio. We'll never get another eco or shadow of the Colossus. Uh, Fumito Ueda might be located somewhere now. He might be squirreled away somewhere in some studio as a consultant or a producer. But I guarantee you they ain't got the money Sony's got. Right. They ain't got yeah. the money that Sony was. So I was, you know, full disclosure, I was at Sony as an employee while Shadow of the Colossus, for example, was getting made. Uh, I'm privy to many inside uh, tidbits of information about Shadow of the Colossus that I will not speak about publicly, despite I don't think there being an NDA uh, in effect right now. I'm just not going to say. Uh, I, all I can say is Shadow of the Colossus was was treated to uh, quite, a, quite a budget and mm. uh, mm -hmm. quite a wonderful... Uh, environment it was it was treated to a beautiful environment that fostered the creation of a thing that everyone on the top floor knew was just going to be weird and was just for critics right and sony i don't think they they necessarily do that stuff anymore needless to say like this particular critic right here i was working at kotaku.com when god of war 2018 came out god of war 2018 stylistically uh, game designedly references like Panzer Dragoon at times. There's some treasure game kind of mechanics in there in the uh in in some of the combat mechanics. There's a whole lot of, you know, juice and and cookies for a, a, an old school game designer. There's slash a critic. literal elevator fight scene. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's good. And I, I got a lot of good footage out of that that elevator fight scene for the video I did. So it's like all of that. So while I was in my video reminiscing about everything Sony had done leading up to the modern era, I I had this this little paragraph. I don't know if you remember this. You probably remember this cat because um, I'm sure this was speaking directly to people like you. Um, there was this part where I say Sony made five Wild Arms games, right? Yes. In an <laughs> effort <laughs> to create their own first party Final Fantasy. Then yeah. they they got level five to make four attempts at a first party dragon quest, right? And I show footage of Dark Cloud, Dark Cloud 2, White Knight Chronicles, uh, mm. or Rogue Galaxy and White Knight Chronicles. Those are, you know, again, not not tipping my hands too far into what what was going on internally at Sony at that time. They're like Rogue Galaxy was like that was that was sony's first party dragon quest they wanted a dragon quest like very clearly they mm -hmm. wanted a game that was dragon quest now of course rogue galaxy has more in common with star wars and final fantasy or whatever though it was like spiritually in terms of the void it filled rogue galaxy was a dragon quest mm. dark cloud dark cloud 2 those were dragon quest games maybe they looked a little like zelda you know everyone called them zelda killers yeah yeah the the west was calling them zelda yeah. killers and but there that's was not this... really close to what they really felt like yeah like... yeah they they did but there was this uh this dragon quest spirit to them mm -hmm. this the just the flow of them they kind of just felt like dragon quest games so when you think when you look at the the just the, the catalog of level five games and you you have in mind the fact that level five developed dragon quest eight under supervision of Yuji Hori, right? You can kind of see like 
And then you look at like, for example, Dragon Quest three was programmed by Khan Naito, who then went on to uh, found uh, Climax and made Shining Force and Shining in the Darkness and uh, Landstalker. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. No, when you when you look that. at stuff like that and uh, apparently I, I've spoken with Mr. Naito before in the past, apparently Yuji Hori has just been this this father figure for him in the industry this whole time. Uh, and was just very supportive of him making, for example, Landstalker, which was also a Zelda killer. It's almost as though Dragon Quest is the real Zelda killer, because all of the <laughs> Zelda killers made by people who want to make Dragon Quest games not kill neither Zelda nor Dragon Quest. Um, you know, the Dragon Quest is the puppeteer behind Zelda, I, I guess. Uh, if you, you know, I could get... We could, it's we, funny, we just, uh, we just did a... And a special episode about Golden Sun. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Camelot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, that that was a that was a studio that was definitely heavily influenced by Dragon Quest because oh, yes. the founders were you know literally worked on Dragon Quest Four, and mm-hmm. then of course as you already said, Shining Force and that kind of. You thing. can tell so. who uh, uh, who in the in the YouTube comments has not played a Dragon Quest game because they talk about <laughs> how Golden Sun is the best RPG ever. or or whatever <laughs> it's like no offense to i mean i think golden sun's a, a legit yeah. i think the most vanilla attempts at making a dragon quest are better I video agree. games than uh i agree than 99 out of 100 we'll, other video we'll just games keep some systems on here yeah you yeah know, nice graphics you just got to keep the systems clean you got to keep them clean like, yeah and that's that's the trouble of dragon quest so if you look at Khan naito and you look at akihiro hino at level five who after Akira Hino had like famously, famously, I don't know, famously among people like me, he had said that they were working on getting a seamless overworld working for Dragon Quest VIII, and right at the end of development, they cracked it. They they blew it oh. wide open, but it was too late. The game was already oh. the game was ready to go gold, and they didn't have time to test, and they'd already announced the release date. And you ain't gonna delay a Dragon Quest. No, a, that'd probably be a, a political offense. Yeah, and it's like it was a Dragon Quest that was uh, it came out in uh, you know in Japan, obviously released on a Saturday on the PS2 at a point in the PlayStation 2's development when the PlayStation 2's life cycle, where it was possible to have a massive hit on the PS2, but it wasn't like as possible to have as massive a hit as you'd ever been able to have on the PlayStation One or the super nintendo or the famicom for god's sake so dragon quest entered this kind of dark period where dragon quest 9 was for nintendo ds dragon quest 10 was an mmo that uh, wasn't played by most of i think the dragon quest buyership had not engaged with dragon are you going to pick up the uh the single player the offline oh i've been playing it i've been playing it it. i streamed it a couple of times so i don't i don't publicize my streams i've been streaming it and uh i love it it's a much much nicer product i've heard it's great yeah it is great it's uh it's a much nicer product than i thought it would be i was kind of scared it was going to be like some mobile port or whatever like yeah, that it was going to yeah. be some final fantasy 6 mobile port uh, of dragon quest 10 but it's really nice i've got it on ps5 it's 4k 60 fps really smooth they're promoting it pretty heavily in japan right oh, now. oh yeah yeah it's actually I was actually just over there. Oh yeah, you were. So, funnily enough, you were. Yeah. Oh right, yeah. I was there for TGS, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I went around. I, I went to some of my old haunts and everything. So it was actually kind of funny that you put out that video right when you like basically as you were getting back. I got back, yeah, <laughs> and uh, 
boy, that caused a lot of feelings in me. But you just wanted um, to go back to Japan. Well, I mean, I I don't want to get too much into it, but I think I literally said, um, before I was going to go to Japan, I said on this podcast, well, I'm going back to Japan. I kind of want to put together a bucket list and I'm, I'm thinking in terms of like stuff I haven't really done or like ways to make the experience seem new to me because I've been back to Japan many times since I lived there. Yeah. And, and how long did you live there? I, I lived there about three years. Oh, okay. So 2006, uh, 2006 to, to 2009. I was there that yeah. whole time. Yes, you were. Why come up and hang out coffee. in Tokyo? <laughs> <laughs> I, Could have gone to Caesarea. <laughs> I know. Um, I... I had a Caesarea a lot, actually. Did you go to Caesarea when a, you were back for Tokyo Game Show this year? I didn't go back. I'm going to no. tell you. I'm I, gonna, I saw it. I saw it. I was like, I thought about Caesarea, it. I thought about dude. that. Yeah, you know, like ketchup you know, covered noodles. Caesarea, not the best food in the world, but I'm going to tell no. you what I always... A lot of cigarette smokes. Oh, not anymore. There's no smoking oh. Caesareas now. Japan has become uh-huh. a, a largely no smoking zone now. I saw a lot of smoking there. Yeah, you'll still I see still it, but there's, there's a... It's there's change. Change is slow, and uh, Japan mm-hmm. is getting rid of. They are like the youth don't smoke uh, as much as the uh, uh, this this new generation. You know what? This new generation is a lot better than my generation. I'll tell you that much. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty much everything. Um, <laughs> but it's like they don't they don't want to smoke anymore. That's great. I was a freak in my generation living in Japan, not smoking. But no, they're they're getting rid of it. So here's the thing: I am no longer. Uh, you know, to, to, I consider it gauche to speak of money, but I'm no longer as broke as I was when uh, I lived in Japan. Um, but I always go back to Caesarea. So you're going to mm. have to go twice next time you go. Mm. I think, I, I mean, <laughs> honestly, I always go back I, at least once. I, I do have nostalgia for Caesarea. I, like, that was like one of the Italian places, like, Japanese Italian's not great. No, I'm not gonna lie. And Caesarea is not, uh, not really. It's it's cafeteria food basically. No, it it, it is. But, um, but you, in your video, you were talking about just being able to live that sort of day by day. Yeah. In, uh, and I kind of made me like think about when I was in Japan, being able to just soak up the mood and the vibes and not have to worry about accomplishing mm-hmm. anything or going to places or mm-hmm. necessarily, you know, achievement unlocked as it were. And, um, yeah, yeah. It changed my perspective a little bit, um, on that particular trip. Mm. So that's nice though. It's good. Yeah. I, I think it was. No, you're going to, you're going to have to go back again. Oh no, I want to. But I also want to go back when I'm not working. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, exactly. Go in the Mar- March, April next year. Just do it. Yeah. Take a t- do a hanami. You ever done a hanami in Tokyo? I have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just go. Just go do a hanami. That's I. I'm thinking of doing a hanami this year. Yeah. Or this coming up. I'm thinking of doing it. What is it? It's just uh, you sit um, under the cherry blossoms. You on a, drink on a blue tarp, and you oh. drink beverages, and you eat that yeah, sounds packaged good. food, and you just invite sounds all your wonderful. friends. That's under the Sakura, yeah, right? Yeah, under the Sakura. We oh, did it. We did it at uh, Yoyogi Park. Oh, Yoyogi's and, good. Uh, oh, it's just like a cartoon. sea. It was a sea of uh, tarps of it's just big, people ugly blue tarps, all around just us, all pulled out yo, everywhere. Yo, yo. 
Yo-yo-y. Yeah. People playing ukuleles and guitars and tambourines and whatever. I think I want to see a Japanese person playing ukulele. That sounds amazing. Oh yeah, they've got them. They've got them there. Mm-hmm. My grandfather used to play ukulele. The other thing, the other thing that you said, and I completely agree with you. Yes. Is when I was in Tokyo, I looked at it with fresh eyes, and I thought to myself, "This place is incredible. The layers." Of this city. I've been all over the world. Mm-hmm. I've uh, been to Europe. I've been to South America, Africa, you know, many countries. Yeah, me too. And, been to most um, of them. Well, not most of the countries, but most of the, <laughs> been to most of the places I've, I've wanted to go in my life. I've been to most of them at this point. I've barely come. I've barely even started to crack. You have to come Tokyo. to Toronto, Cats. Mm-hmm. So don't talk about how you've been everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Toronto. <laughs> Have you? I've yeah. not been to Toronto. You got me. I've not been to Toronto. But, <laughs> I've been to Minneapolis, um, Minnesota. I've uh, I've enjoyed the mock duck pot stickers at the Bryant Lake Bowl. Uh, oh, my. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. That's a vibe. <laughs> I've, Thank you. <laughs> I've, I've been a lot of places. I'm, I'm just, just calling Specificity. Out. I'm not I'm not trying to big myself up or be like, oh, I've been all over the planet. Sure, you sure. Know? I'm just trying That's to fair. say that. You're like, saying you didn't, you barely cracked into Tokyo. You feel like you got like 1% yeah. of Tokyo, right? One percent of Tokyo. I, I lived there for three years. I've been there many times, and it's shocking. I lived there for the, ten the, years. I feel like I'm at like four percent. It's the mm. coolest city. Yeah. It's one of the coolest cities in the world. Yeah. Period. It's uh, it's. I mean, I I think Seoul is also extremely cool. I think mm-hmm. Taipei is cool. I love Taipei. Taipei is beautiful, um, but Tokyo is just, just mind blowing. Mm-hmm. It's mind blowing mm-hmm. how nice it is, how 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 nice it is, how big it is, how clean it is, how easy it is to get around, how perfect the subways are. So work. futuristic. Uh, yeah. How futuristic it is. Uh, the vending machines are. The vending machines are soap. awesome. I was only in Japan for like four days, yeah. but I was like, oh, isn't it vending it, machines? It's like it's impossible. It's impossible to overrate Japanese vending machines. Absolutely, yeah, I wouldn't say they're underrated, but it's impossible to overrate them. They're I don't buy stuff from vending machines here, but yeah. I buy stuff from vending machines constantly. Well, it's like in there. Japan, I know if I wanted a Coke Zero, I could go outside and I could I could have one within a couple mm-hmm. minutes. I would have one. Whereas here in New York, it's like, you know, a you know, good luck, pal. You know? Yeah. You're gonna have to walk eight. There's blocks. no consistency with the distribution. And a boss coffee. Yeah. Boss coffee. I like the commercials like for that with that. Tommy Lee Jones. I, I like Georgia, which had commercials by David Lynch, the uh, known <laughs> Kingdom Hearts connoisseur. <laughs> they were doing the the Twin Peaks. They were doing the, the Twin Peaks Twin commercials. Peaks commercials. Yeah, yeah, those were for Georgia. Yeah, they had an entire story arc. Yeah, I love around. It. Uh, oh my God, those Georgia coffee. If you haven't seen those, you should definitely go watch. Yeah, anybody those who hasn't seen those, I feel like you know you look at Twitter and you see there's always a viral tweet every day that was posted like eight hours ago and has like. 45,000 retweets or whatever. And then it's like yeah. something that you have seen personally on the internet like 900 times in the last yes. 20 years. <laughs> and yes. it's just like, and then the, the replies are full of people being like, OMG, never knew about this. And you're like, oh, you don't know who's 12 or who's 30 in the comments, yeah. right? I actually think that's kind of a beautiful thing about the internet. Uh, so in other words, it's taught me to never, uh, never overestimate people's ability to have seen a thing that I've seen. So if you haven't seen those uh, David Lynch Georgia coffee commercials, dude, check them out. <laughs> uh, you're gonna have a good time. I, uh, we were talking about Dragon Quest a moment ago, and oh, I have yes. a small beef with you. 
saying that the U.S. Dragon Warrior boxes were bad. Oh. I completely disagree with that in the most sincere way possible. I mean, I think they're cool. It's just they're not Akira Toriyama. They they stripped Akira Toriyama. Oh, yeah. Like, n- no anime was allowed when I was a I kid. I actually think that NES. Dragon Warrior 1 box is, like, ultra, ultra legit. It's, like, a really nice piece it's of art. It's metal. Yeah, it's metal as heck, it. dude. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. What I love is if you look at like particularly for Dragon Quest Three, the box that they use for the U.S. Oh, yeah. they, uh, they they adapted like Toriyama's art. Same for the instruction booklet for Dragon Quest Two. Sorry, Dragon Warrior Two. You have the with the demonstration with the art with the spells. You have the characters doing the exact same thing that Toriyama's characters did. They're just westernized. Yeah. And I understand why they had to westernize it, and I understand why it sucks that you would scrub Akira Toriyama off. Yeah. Uh, Dragon Quest, but just the the adaptation and the care that went into it is I was that was impressive. Yeah, the the fact that uh, that Enix was doing that on their own as a third party publisher yeah, and they God were like, damn, I miss Enix. Yeah, they went all the way they went all the way in on it and they believed in these games because the games were huge in Japan. They were huge yeah. and they were like, why can't we translate this? And that's just been the Dragon Quest uh, riddle this whole time is why can't they translate really the appeal of Dragon Quest and. Uh, I, I scratched. They finally it did. It was called Pokemon. Oh yeah, they did. Exactly, exactly. So they they it it uh they I I feel like there's so much to say about why Dragon Quest's success hasn't trans Quest's success hasn't translated to to the uh, the the non Japanese speaking world, and I think uh I feel like there's I I said a little bit about it in a video I did about Dragon Quest Eleven for Kotaku a long while ago, mm-hmm. and uh, I feel like I've just like. As I've been working on these videos I'm working on now, um, I've revealed all of the videos that I'm working on in season two of Action Button. <laughs> they've all been revealed, but yeah. they've never been plainly spoken of in one place. Mm. I don't know if this is, I've never actually just like listed them. So I, I see people in my, my Patreon comments or my Discord like posting lists and being like, do you think this is right? Do you think this is right? And like one out of, six people gets it like a hundred percent right which makes me proud um though i love not listing them though there's there's an rpg there's two rpgs maybe uh that i'm reviewing this season and for those i have forced myself to play the first three or so hours of about a hundred rpgs um never less than three hours so it's it's a little over 300 some hours i have played of rpgs released between the years of 1987 and uh, 1999 in particular. Mm. So I've played a lot of RPGs lately. Um, and I can say with definite fact 
uh, that a lot of them are pretty good. And a lot of <laughs> <laughs> RPGs are good. That is the theme of this podcast. The, Actually, I wrote a thing for US Gamer uh, RIP back in the day yeah. about why the the success didn't translate over. And my theory, or at least one of my theories, is that by the time Nintendo and Square, sorry, Enix Jesus, but by the time they localized Dragon Warrior, as despite all the work they put into it, by then Japan already had Dragon Quest three, which, which is, was the huge two, one. This is the mm-hmm. game to mm-hmm. this day is still extremely playable, as people will find out when the 2D HD remake comes out. Oh, yeah. And I always felt like if perfect they... Perfect video game. Uh, yeah, I feel like maybe if they had concentrated more on 3, there'd be... Maybe, maybe, but I don't yeah. know. I just thought that was an interesting Like, I mean, I think point. 3 was like a known quantity at the time they started localizing 1, and uh, they got greedy. They wanted to release all three of them and try to have a... So Dragon Quest 3... Yeah. Like they only made Dragon Quest three by not making Dragon Quest three twice, right? So they had to make not Dragon Quest three two times, and they like the Hody started with a very simple goal. He wanted to make a very simple game about a hero rescuing a princess and killing a dragon. Dragon Quest one very simple game. Dragon Quest two a little bit more complicated. Dragon Quest three is the first like real one. I mean, I love Dragon Quest two. I mean, I love them I all, agree. right? But uh, yeah, it's like Dragon Quest three was the first all they they had they had everything all of the troops were aligned everything was positioned the planets were aligned the troops were amassed they were ready to make uh, the, the audience was hungry and they were ready to make the 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 first big one and they didn't uh they didn't choke on it uh mm-hmm. because the it wasn't even like it was a uh, the pressure wasn't uh, extremely high because uh they they knew exactly what they could improve there was no choking was going to happen on dragon quest three mm. because it had been exactly. planned for so meticulously as such a nice gentle character arc of a series that that's why that game was able to just come out and be the the massive huge video game it was and like it got dragon quest one got started and they were kind of coasting on the idea of akira toriyama's art i guess it was akira exactly. toriyama's art yeah. was uh, the the drawing card there and they were featured prominently in shonen jump and uh they they had the marketing machine just perfectly oiled from the beginning and it wasn't even about making a good video game it's kind of like uh like mad mm. cats or any controller manufacturer who makes a bunch of i mean i don't want to say trashy controllers but not great <laughs> controllers player right? two yeah, controllers, yeah the player two controllers yeah, yeah and then yeah yeah your kid brother controllers right and then by the time you 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 basically need to make a bunch of those to get the money to is it your passion to make bad controllers or is it your passion to someday make a good controller? Right. Mm. So yeah. the money from the bad controllers funded mad cats did some beautiful controllers eventually. And I mean, I actually think mad cats is we, we, we hype up mad cats now to mean like the, if, if you play with a bad, I don't know. I saw uh, if you ever click on a PlayStation or an Xbox tweet, you'll see replies underneath it. Right. And it's always like the first reply under an Xbox tweet is PlayStation better. The first reply under an Xbox tweet is, or under an X or a PlayStation tweet is Xbox better, right? So with the, yeah. I saw a tweet just the other day, like a God of War Ragnarok tweet, um, where no, it was just a PlayStation tweet, and there was a reply that was like, "Where's the new God of War Ragnarok trailer?" It's like, first of all, what do you want a trailer for? You're gonna <laughs> just buy the game; it's gonna be good, right? And then someone had yeah. replied to that with. I'm trying to pre-order the God of War Ragnarok controller. Uh, you need to get 
your website working better. And then the first reply under that was Xbox controller is so much better. PlayStation five <laughs> controller is like mad cats <laughs> controller. And I was like, well, they're just wheeling out mad cats in the year 2022, mm-hmm. which is like, yes, I mean, there was a period where a mad cats controller wasn't very good, but you know, as my, I have a particular problem with remembering stuff a little bit too well. So I don't get too mired in, uh, an initial negative impression of a thing. So it's, I think Mad Cat's controllers were generally pretty good. I kind of miss them. I think they're better than the trash controllers we have now. Right? They were, there were some kind of suddenly, didn't they? As a company, yeah, they did. Uh, they got to a point where they were making premium, premium tier joysticks. Yeah, fight sticks. Yeah. yeah, fight sticks were like a big thing. And Mad then they were, uh, yeah. and they they made the like the Mad Cat's MLG modular controller, which I saw. PDP has a, a Victrix controller. I keep, yeah. I keep up on controller industry stuff for a, a mysterious reason. Um, this, PDP makes some pretty bad uh, products. The, the the D stands for the D at the end of the word bad. So pretty bad to product. <laughs> so you know, they, I, some of their controllers were pretty bad. They made they did the old Hyundai Genesis, uh, Toyota Lexus, Honda Acura thing, and they did like a sub brand Victrix, which is like their luxury controllers maybe mad cats should have done that toward the end right for was sure mad the mad cats logo was just the sign of not first party for most people there's a lot of you have a lot of choices now for third party controllers and a lot of them are yeah um good i think the scuff controller uh scuff uh, reflex blows away the ps5 dual sense controller um that's another topic though uh what was i talking about uh mad as long cats. as we're talking about the mad cat as long as we're talking about the ps5 and the xbox oh yeah i feel i feel obligated to ask you about cyberpunk Mm -hmm. Mm. and what you think (laughs) of uh the sequel that was just project uh orion is that what it's called Orion. the game that we'll be playing in about 10 years you know what (laughs) i hope the orion is a reference to uh the orion film distributor who distributed uh the likes of robocop Oh, that would make sense. Because, yeah. uh, and not, you know, some flaky reference to some computer technology mentioned in, on one page of a cyberpunk, you know, role-playing book. Um, because I, I would just much rather the game just look exactly like RoboCop uh, or Total Recall. <laughs> Can we just have a game that looks like an 80s sci-fi film? Everybody leans on this hyper-realism thing. You can make it look hyper-realistic but like RoboCop, I don't know. So like they're making they're making a cyberpunk sequel, right? Mm-hmm. Orion. Mm-hmm. They're making a DLC which has Johnny Silverhand. He's back. Mm-hmm. We got <laughs> Keanu, mm-hmm. and you loved it when he came out on stage at E3. Are you gonna love it when here he is in this uh, trailer? He just pops out and goes, "Hello, I'm Keanu Reeves. I'm back." I'm going to be in the DLC. Uh, check it out. You know, the hand like, motions like are really critical to that. <laughs> right? So he like he like shows up on camera. I love Keanu Reeves. He's authentic. Authenticity of the person. You know, whatever. Um, it's just a little, it's a little worrying that they're wheeling out Johnny Silverhand again. Exactly. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's a little weird. It's like, he was cool. You know, there's other guys or even girls that have been in movies that we've liked. 
You know, you can have Winona yeah. Ryder be somebody. I don't know. I've been watching Ooh. Stranger Things lately. Winona Ryder is wonderful. She's just yeah, great. Another Minnesotan. Oh, yeah. She is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Beetlejuice is just Minnesota, the movie. Is that Minnesota and uh-huh. Beetlejuice? Is it supposed to be Minnesota? I don't know. It feels like Minnesota. I mean, it sure has that vibe, doesn't it? It does have a very Minnesota vibe. You know, yeah. Fargo's the movie everybody else goes to, but I feel like, yeah. I feel, you know, because that. Oh, that's not even Mighty Minnesota. Ducks is the quintessential Minnesota movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel my mom took my brother to see Mighty Ducks when for his birthday, and she was so mad because that's Minnesota. Uh, they said <laughs> goal instead of score. Oh shoot! Yeah. And oh my that's god. That's something you don't do up here. Stomping so, yeah, poopas, she was shooting goals. <laughs> shooting goals. Shooting goals. <laughs> I, just, I spent hours shooting goals in the Mario arcade game. Uh, see when I say when I see Emilio Estevez, I think The Outsiders. Oh, God, you know, we watched that in school. <laughs> Damn, that's a Hinton. great book too. Yes, I love Essie Hinton. Yeah. I actually tried to imitate her style when I was a young writer. It was so bad. I I threw all that stuff in the garbage. When, it was when just I when embarrassing. I when I first moved to Japan, since we were talking about moving to Japan back in the early two thousands, my 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 roommate. I I had a company assigned roommates. I worked for Nova. Which is the the dark? Oh my god! Is, I worked for Nova too. Yeah, it's the uh, it's it's the renegade option for getting to Japan in the early two thousands. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> it's the you know see I you wouldn't even know I haven't played a Mass Effect game, uh, right? It's the 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 Paragon choices, the Jet program, right? Right. So um, yeah, uh, yeah. I worked for Nova. My first roommate, the day I walked in, uh, I was wearing a leather jacket, like a bike, like a motorcycle jacket, and he goes, he goes, hey, how you doing, Pony Boy? So he just called me Pony Pony Boy for my entire time there. (laughs) And then later I got a job at Sony. So there you go. Pony Pony. So he was right. Stay gold. He was calling me a pony before I worked at Sony. How mind bending is that? Right? That's pretty amazing that he just called you Pony Boy. I would have called you Soda Pop. Soda Pop. Yeah, yeah, seriously. He, I don't think <laughs> or, he'd... Or Dolly, because he was the bad guy. I don't think he'd necessarily paid attention to the outsiders. Uh, man. <laughs> Uh, what are we talking about? Oh, I was talking about Yuji Hori a while ago. Let me let me. Ra- I had a, I had a conclusion there. Does it not seem like Yuji Hori was like mentoring these dudes? Like he was mentoring Akihiro Hino. Like he saw Level Five. He saw Dark Cloud. He saw Dark Cloud Two. He saw mm. uh, Rogue. You know, he saw those games, and he was like, "I can teach this man to do what I do." Right, and then he like descends and says, "Would you like to develop Dragon Quest Eight? Would you like to?" And then he did. And then he was like, I've done it. You, you Through making a Dragon Quest game, you should now be able to make a million billion selling hit. And then the guy goes on to make Rogue Galaxy, White Knight Chronicles. And then uh, now they're just making Yokai Watch. So they're rich, but boring. Mm-hmm. And is that why Yuji Hori continues to design and direct video games to uh, just for the experience? Because because he's desperate. He doesn't see a successor. Is that what it is? I don't know. There's no successor to, to Yuji Hori. No, no evident there really successor. Isn't. Yeah, I mean, there are brilliant game designers. There are wonderful young narrative designers out there crafting uh, beautiful narratives in video games, and there are young game designers doing wild stuff in indie games and uh, AAA games alike. Um, but is there anybody who has that package of a? Uh, I think of Yuji Hori as like the guy who's going to tell you where the best ramen is, but he's all you know in. He's the video game equivalent, the video game designer equivalent of the guy who just uh, can recommend you a ramen shop and a dog trainer like two, like <laughs> one sentence apart uh, during a conversation. Just he's the the game designer equivalent of just like a brilliant conversationalist. 
and it's uh i feel like there's nobody else who is a successor to that exact bundle of skills yeah mm. have you That's have you spent point. any significant amount of time with yuji hori um have you uh <laughs> i've not no um, okay I oh i was gonna you know i i've talked to him briefly yeah a couple of times mm-hmm. but not uh not uh i was just trying to get a feel for like what personal insight you might have and i've heard of i've heard him referred to as sort of almost a, a mentor figure for the games industry yes. in japan mm-hmm. like, sen- oh, i've sure. heard him i've heard the honorific sensei used uh, he's very sensei in reference yeah. to him yeah i uh i i saw him smoking a cigarette uh at the first tokyo game show i ever went to and i walked up to him and he looks over and i and i say Oh, oh, you know, I was, you know, I didn't speak super good Japanese at the time. I was like, oh, Hori-san, Dragon uh, Quest no Daifandes, you know? And and he was like, oh, you know, he just you know, bowing at me a little bit. And uh, it, uh, the listener can't see that I'm bowing my head forward while holding two fingers in front of my lips as though I'm uh, gripping a little, <laughs> thin little yeah. he's, like, oh, <laughs> he's like, Dragon Quest. I'm like, I love Dragon Quest and I'm from America. Dragon Quest the Daisuke no America Jindes right i'm talking to him like that and he's just like oh america oh america oh he's like oh america's good you know america's good if only we had more fans in america you know he says Uh, and then uh i'm like uh well i believe in you just keep trying uh you know which was like i was like i actually uh hopefully i made everyone feel good when i was there because when i went uh i was there to preview dragon quest 11 oh yeah and kat sent me she sent me on her trip which i appreciate but uh so they're showing us Dragon Quest Eleven, and I'm sitting there like, you know, a white idiot pointing out like, I know that reference. I know that reference. I know that reference because it's all over the place in Dragon yeah. Quest Eleven. And so apparently the developers, like I heard this later from a Square Enix staffer, said that the developers are really impressed that you knew everything about Dragon oh, Quest. Oh, yeah, because they, were, they yeah. were probably uh, very trepidatious about uh, somebody who has no idea uh, mm-hmm. because they, they yeah. because uh, that is uh, unfortunately uh for people like me who would love to just talk about dragon quest with everybody on the street uh that's most of the people uh in the video game audience are people who have not engaged with the dragon quest and uh it's such a shame it's such a shame actually yeah i got to talk to yuji hori and i told him like dragon quest 3 was one of my main inspirations for becoming a writer like i played the game and the storytelling blew me away and just not necessarily the narrative, but the, the environmental storytelling mm-hmm. in that game is so excellent even now. And he really appreciated that. So I'm, I'm glad I got to tell him. I want to I want to sit down with him. Uh, I, I would really like to sit down with him for like a couple of hours. Uh, I just need to uh, I think I need to just like make a bunch of really long, in-depth uh, YouTube videos with like a million hits each. And uh <laughs> somehow get word through to him that i would like to sit down for a few hours to talk about dragon quest 5 that's the only way i'm going to review dragon quest 5 is if i get to sit down with yuji hori for several hours to walk through a couple things bet he would be into it yeah he might he might i feel like there's a good chance if you know what i mean uh i feel like there's one of the things i find the most interesting is we were talking about older developers yes older developers who seem to retain some kind of love for video games. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and enthusiasm for it. And uh, I mean, there are a handful of people over in Japan who are like that. I think Hori is like that. Yeah. Honestly, like he seems to genuinely enjoy making video games. And that's why I don't think he's stopped. I think he's, uh, he hasn't been burdened by uh, 
unreasonable expectations for scheduling, right? Exactly. Which is one thing. Uh, he's he's been allowed to take all the time he needs for things. Um, uh, he's uh, he's a cash cow for his publisher, basically forever. Like if uh, these, he just he's he's got this extremely enviable status. He's probably able mm-hmm. to have a decent work life balance. He's got grandchildren at this point, right? Mm-hmm. I'm guessing. I mean, you know, they don't do game designers aren't super public about their family stuff in Japan. And, you know, why should they be? Uh, I'm sure he's got grandchildren. He seems like the kind of guy who's got to have. I feel like Dragon Quest V was about having kids and he must have had kids oh, at that God, time. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. Yeah, there's probably he's probably got grandchildren. There's very few video game directors with grandchildren out there. And that's why we must uh, we must all buy his video games. So that, so that guys like him can sure. make <laughs> support his grandchildren. Grandpa games. <laughs> yeah, I want more grandpa games. I've been getting into old person video like games that like an old person would play. Because you know in Japan that's a thing, right? You know that like mm. there, there there are old people who commonly play video games over there. You only need to go to Japan for a couple days before you realize, oh, old people can be cool here, right? It's like they'll have an old person in a commercial just drinking a beer and it'll be like, you know, check out this new beer. Right. And then it's like, you know, and it's just a right. And then you're like, Oh, that old person didn't uh, slip on a banana peel. You know, they didn't get hit by a bus Uh, or whatever. They didn't go, Oh my pants. You know, (laughs) they didn't yell. Is that something that happens in Japanese media? They didn't yell. Oh my diaper or whatever. It's just like, no, it's just, it's just an old person. It's an elderly person just uh, enjoying a beer. And that's the commercial. Is don't you want to enjoy a tasty beer like this guy who's sitting on his porch? Ah, what a good beer. You know, the end. Uh, buy the beer. Like, that's <laughs> it, right? Like, uh, you know, we don't really have any of that in uh, in American culture, right? We don't really have a... We have a president who's like 92 years old or whatever. Uh, <laughs> Something like that. It's all like, about the young. We like, we like having, you know, 116-year-old politicians or whatever. But, you know, it's not... Uh, there's no cool... We don't... We don't really talk enough about cool old people here. And I feel like Yuji Hori is a cool old guy. He's a very cool old fellow. Yeah. I took my I took my picture with him and I was wearing uh are you familiar with Oglaf the comic, which is Yes. The 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 very obscene uh uh very obscene, obscene fantasy you know the, comic. The, the derp fox from that comic. Yeah, I know that one. I was wearing the shirt that has the derp fox on it, and it's just like <laughs> of all the shirts I could have worn that day, why did I just... <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a that's a particular one to wear. It really is. And I mean, I love the Derp Fox, don't get me wrong, but it's like here I am standing with my lifelong idol and there's this fox. It just has like the most inane wall-eyed expression. Like it's absolutely the, the fox in Old Glaf, which is as Tim said kind of a, a really perverse comic but really 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 funny is just basically a kind of a twisted forest spirit who will be like, "Well, mortal, you saved me, so here, here's a wife for you." And it'll be a wife made of sticks. Mm-hmm. And then he'll be like, now make love to your wife in front of me. And the, there's a bear like threatening to kill him if he doesn't. It's just that kind of comic. And this is a, this is a shirt I was wearing. I, I wonder what I would wear. So I'm going to, if I ever meet Yuji Hori, I'm going to, I'm going to try to wear something. Uh... Wear something from Oglaf to complete the cycle. Gonna... This is the first time I've ever heard Tim kind of struck into silence. <laughs> no, no. I'm going to, I'm going to wear, I'm going to wear a suit. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, that's I'm nice. gonna try to wear a suit. I want to wear a suit. I want to be a guy who wears suits. 
Parrish has be that. Like Parrish. Yeah. He has yeah. that look locked down. So you guys yeah. have competition. Well, I'll, uh, you got some work to do. I'll try to get a better suit then. <laughs> <laughs> suit off, suit off. <laughs> I'll, I'll see what kind of suit I can get. I'm going to get a decent suit. So you said that you're working on, you're working like eight videos ahead. Yes. Your next project is L.A. Noir. L.A. Noir, How's yes. that going? That's the next one. That's the one that is being worked on uh, today. Uh, right now, today, right as soon as I, I was working on it, right up until the minute I messaged you to say I'm coming, and then uh, I'll be working on it as soon as as soon as this is over. Unfortunately, I'll be right back on it because I'm trying to solve a problem, mm. uh, a software related problem, of course. So yeah, I like that game, dude. I don't want to talk too much that- about it, but I like it. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything that I'm going to say in my video. I just, I really like that game, that goofy, weird mm-hmm. video game. Such a weird game. It's I feel like there's a should... game that Rockstar would never make again. Yeah, Absolutely. they wouldn't, and uh, yeah. they wouldn't make it again because the critics didn't, god darn, know what to do with it. They didn't know what to say about it. It had had a strange development cycle. It had had a uh, some. It had had some trouble, uh, development wise, technology wise, business wise, in terms of you mm-hmm. know, acquisitions and what whatnot and mergers and. It had had some problems PR-wise and marketing-wise and uh, the trailer expectations, setting up, you know, setting up certain expectations and critics not really exactly knowing what to do with it. But these days, I think you could make it work. These days, I think, I, I really feel like playing it is, is a very, playing through it, you know, multiple times for the sake of a video game review is very much a uh we need more games like this experience you know it's like uh um i mean it's it's kind of a yakuza game at times you know kind of hmm i see again i don't want to say too much i don't want to spoil my what i'm gonna say but it's like i just feel like the yakuza games kind of came out of nowhere to become very sales viable in the u.s where expectations had drifted in like expectations of what a triple a game was and could be had evolved in a specific way to accommodate the presence of games that feel like tv procedurals Mm. like Mm -hmm. episodic Mm -hmm. tv shows and i mean that's what that's what the yakuza games are they all feel like Mm -hmm. Mm j-dramas they they have the visual language uh often of old yakuza movies yakuza cinema but they have the texture of a of a j-drama there's typically aren't too many j-dramas that are about yakuza and crime so it's uh whereas in america we do have a lot of we've had a lot of vintage tv shows about detectives and police uh mm-hmm. we've had a i feel like the the yakuza movie and the j-drama kind of duality that is lurking behind the yakuza games kind of feels very like uh texturally like uh i don't know the fabric of it is there in in la noir which has the the background of a lot of noir films and a lot of old police tv shows so i feel like there's this there's this uh this this lack of games trying to be like tv shows in in the modern triple a video game world there's not enough games that are comfortable being law and order in fact one could say there's no games like a law and order video game right you feel like something like that should be able to work right 
but it doesn't because uh, nobody nobody's out there making it because they all want to make you know they're, they're they're too busy having children and uh with somebody you know having children and then realizing that uh you know it's it's scary and uh and and uh fictionally uh literarily interesting to have a daughter or whatever so they want to make a video game about something like that and it's uh they're all just too busy doing these big morose literesque plots and they don't want to just do a, a week to week episode tv show style plot and i mean does not the tv show format kind of just really lend itself better to video games which in my day had levels you know mm-hmm. you you get mm-hmm. through a stage and then there here's another one now we're on the moon in, in ducktales or whatever japanese how many Japanese RPGs ape the structure of an anime, you know, an episodic anime? Not enough of, of them. Not enough. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple. There's one I can think of off the top of my head um, that uh, maybe... Uh, Valkyria Chronicles does it? Valkyria Chronicles certainly mm-hmm. does, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. That, is, uh, that is another one of those. So you get that Sega, right? That mm-hmm. Sega, that was produced by Toshihiro Nagoshi of Yakuza, right? So it's almost like Nagoshi uh, is some just dark horse genius. Um, maybe he's the new Yuji Hori because uh, I'll tell you what there's a I mean I was talking earlier about treats like saving treats for myself right so playing through a Dragon Quest game is a big treat for me it's like I mean I've played all of them except 10 because uh, I never wanted to get into the logistics of playing an MMO that yeah. was, uh, the servers were all located in another country and none of the friends who I like playing video games with now would have been able to play with me because of the language barrier um, like, like Dragon Quest, uh, I've, I, when I play a Dragon Quest game, uh, I'm always thinking about the next time I'm going to play it again. I want to play Dragon Quest 11 again. I want to play Dragon Quest five again, like thinking about playing those games again. That's a treat for me. And similarly, what I've been doing lately is at night when my girlfriend goes to bed before I do, I've been, I've been playing Yakuza games, dude. I've played them all already. And it's just fallen into like my nightly like wind down is playing a, a little bit of a Yakuza game, getting through. You can always make something happen. And I mean, that's part of the design of, of and I know Yakuza games are not open. I'm not going to say a Yakuza game is an open world game, though. It's part of the design of an open world game is give the player something they can do in fun that they can have in one minute, uh, fun that they can have in five minutes, something they can accomplish in 10 minutes, something bigger they can accomplish in 30 minutes. And a whole bunch of, of of an experience they can have in three hours or five hours. Like if they if they have a weekend to sit down and just play a game all day, right? So it's like having all these different sized experiences. And Yakuza does that as well, mm-hmm. except it's much more restricted and pared down. And I really feel like I can light up a Yakuza game and just have a couple different flavors of good time. And I can have this little 40 minute experience, a TV show length, a TV show episode length experience for about 40 minutes that just fills my, feels like a little gap in my evening quite pleasantly. And I feel like, uh, so the Yakuza games have become like my daily treat, right? Where other stuff is just like the Witcher three is my, my treat that for some reason I'm putting it off for seven years now. You know, why do I keep putting it off? I don't know. 
I bought it when it first you came You know out. it's going to be a really good treat. Yeah, it's the next gen. You're, wait, you're yeah. waiting for that PS5, that Xbox Series X version. <laughs> well, no. I'm, I mean, that's what I am. I, I want to play through the Blood and Wine expansion. I'm like, but no, I want to do it properly. Oh, you want to. Waiting so, for the expansion. So wait, when is, when is there going to be the, they're, they're doing like a remaster It's PS5. a great question, the Tim. That's a fantastic year. question. They've they not said anything about it. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm getting one of those. It got uh, delayed. If you've heard of this, there's this new uh, graphics card coming out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm getting one of those. Yeah, heard. And uh, oh dang, you know, one way or another, you know, and one way or another, I might have to resort to Dragon Quest Seven release day tactics. That's not <laughs> true, you know. The urban legend, or which is actually true, of a kid getting his a uh, his Dragon Quest Seven copy stolen by a guy speeding by on a motorcycle. Um, yeah, there's this urban legend. I remember Dragon that Quest part 7. of Yakuza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that might be how I get my 4090 tomorrow. That's not true. I'm not going to commit a crime, uh, though. Yeah, I was like, maybe I'll play Witcher Three if I get that 4090, and it's like it's 4K 120 on max specs on my 3090. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's the 4090 for? Right? Like, I don't know. Maybe I didn't. Maybe there's some cutscenes or some some particularly busy segments that would slow it down a little bit. That I just didn't test on my 3090, maybe. Mm-hmm. So you know, in in case those exist, maybe I got to get the 4090 just to be sure. Is that it? I don't know. Really want to play The Witcher Three, man. I really i I played enough of it to just be like, yeah, this is my game, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, I get like uh, I do a couple of those opening side quests in the Griffin Zone, and uh, the White Orchard side quests, and every single one of those side quests is so good. And I'm just like, you you, do the a, dialogue is you so You do a good. whole video on White Orchard alone. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It would be it would be way too long. I mean, I can spend about 20-some <laughs> hours in there just doing all those little quests. And then uh, every single line of dialogue is like, yeah, I like the writing in this game. It's good. You know, I haven't watched the Witcher TV show either. Read all the books. We watched for the best. Witcher 1 and 2. I, it's no. the first season. The first season fine. was okay. I reviewed the second season. It was fine. You don't, you, y'all don't like it? I watched one it's, episode. It's fine. I watched one All episode right. and I was like, "Yeah, I'd watch this." It's like it's like expensive, <laughs> Zena. Our household really. Our house. No, it is expensive, Zena. Absolutely. I, I'd watch expensive Zena though. I don't care. I'd do it. Honestly, me too. <laughs> yeah. Tim Rogers, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. Oh, yeah? Before you got arrested for stealing somebody's forty ninety while on a motorcycle. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you, appreciate that. The, I'll be on the front That's page nice of too. every paper tomorrow. <laughs> Have you seen this guy? Uh, Please plug some stuff on this podcast before you go. Um, I would recommend everybody play a Dragon Quest game. Just go for it. Yeah, that's a good recommendation. And, uh, Absolutely. If, if you want to watch my YouTube videos, you don't have to um, if you don't want to. Because, um, you know, you can watch 10 seconds and close the tab. If you like Taco Tico, check out YouTube.com slash action button, <laughs> which has a lot of the letters of, of Taco and Tico in it. Uh, actually, it has all of them. Mm-hmm. You Get can spell message. Taco Tico with uh, the letters action button and still have some letters to spare so that's exciting isn't it i think so it's a good good spotting yeah that's uh so youtube.com uh, slash action button that's me don't look for me on social media because I, I don't i don't mess with that stuff lately when's the next video coming out everybody wants to know i don't know uh I, when it's when it's done mm-hmm. <laughs> you're the ug mm-hmm. hori of, of video makers yeah, if you'd like to know what why i played the first 100 hours of uh, uh, for the first three hours of a hundred different RPGs, uh, there's a place you can go uh, where you might hear me talk about it at great length. Um, 
though uh maybe just uh you know figure out where that is it's a secret i keep all this stuff secret um because i think that builds my brand better <laughs> so if, if you would like to know more about my playing the first three hours of 100 different rpgs you can it's just where and how i don't know you'll figure it out if you uh are truly devoted enough if you uh if you pay enough attention as it were thank you tim for coming on the show and thanks to all of you for listening and we'll be back on monday for another episode of excellent blood god for nadia eric myself thanks for listening and happy adventuring 